I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Doctor? Mike, you're looking so handsome tonight. I've uh, been watching what I've been eating lately. Good. Very uh, conscientious of what I put in my body these days. And uh, yeah, just healthy living, sober life. Proud of you. Thank you. It's great news. Thank you. Cool. I got a good story for you guys this week. All right, cool. So we'll start the show. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, welcome to Roast Mortem. It's the only show worth quoting on any of your research papers. My name is Tom. I'm Travis. I'm Mike. And I'm Connor. Part two. It's a part two. Part two. You clicked on a part two. Part if you've two. never listened nope. to the show before, what are you doing? Yeah. You go back to the first part and come back. Yeah. Uh, if you want to go out of order, dose. start here. But uh, I wouldn't recommend that. Yeah. That's not good. Say Star Wars. Yeah. We could do... It'd be like a Star Wars if you just started right here. Right. Civil War Star Wars. I that like, would be fun. That would be cool. Guys. Weeks. Right, Mike? You just mentioned you had something fun. <laughs> To mention. Oh, it's it's like more like a. So I told my coworker about our podcast. Oh yeah, so he's like, oh. yeah, let's listen to it. So we put over like the big speakers in the warehouse, and it was the uh, <laughs> the episode uh, Drew Barrymore's like grandpa was his name again, John John Barrymore, yeah. And everyone's laughing, and then it just like me talking about putting a knife in my ass, <laughs> pretend like for twenty minutes straight. And I'm like, and everyone's like, after a while, everyone, everyone, I'm looking around, everyone's just like not laughing anymore, and they're just like listening to me talk about putting knives in my ass, and then, uh, didn't last too long. <laughs> then they turned it off? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Well, the, then they're not the right crowd. They, they hate it. Yeah, that's us. some great company bonding right there. They know all about it. Well, now they know that. Like, like a trust fall. Yeah, now they know I'm going to put a knife in my ass. That's good. I'm going to say, like, I shared that reaction when you were talking about that. That was, uh... That's life it was a tip. surprising one. A life tip. But it also was, how was your week? And then it was a life tip for yeah. those of you going to jail. Put a knife up well, your ass. I feel ass. like a lot of people listening is going to jail. Yeah. Gotta hide myself. It. You got a couple jails, peoples. It's good you're, people. You're, you're you welcome, know? jail people. Who said the law is good? Laws mm. are made to be broken. Exactly. Uh, Connor, how's your week? <laughs> um, <laughs> my week was good. It was great. Uh, Lizzie and I moved. Uh, you nice. and Tom both helped, yeah. which was a big, you know, very, very helpful to us. You're welcome. Yes. Thank you. Um, but yeah, we're all settled in now. Still unpacking boxes everywhere. And yeah. we finally adopted the dog that we've been oh, planning to adopt for a few months now that we have our own home. Big boy. Wait, so, is this, is this a, uh, a dog with a full life expectancy? Yes. This is not a dog okay. that we are expecting <laughs> to die within the coming months. Uh, all right. <laughs> we're not putting ourselves through that. Again, yeah, you yet. check you check the expiration he, on it, right? He is old. His name is Harry. I call him okay. Harold, um, and he's a nice, lovable boy. You gotta call him Dirty Harry. Dirty Harry. He's got a lot of nicknames, and we're gonna find more as we go. Big hair, big hair. Mm. Yeah, big hair. One. Don't care. That's what I say about most dogs. Yep. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, it's a cool place. Yeah. Uh, excited for your move. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis, tell us where you're moving to. I'm moving away from the cellular network because I'm really disappointed 
They're ending 3G. Uh. How am I supposed to use my phone anymore? Well, what about 4G and 5G? You can't you use... I don't like those Gs, dog. I like 3G. All right, so this is... Because it's like fun. 3D, dude. When you're talking to someone on the phone, you want to be able to hear them in 3G dimensions. I can kind of understand this. Right? Makes... Mike, you were so scared of 5G. You talked about it all the time on the show. Yeah, so I'm sticking with... Uh... 3G, yeah, but they're getting yeah. rid of it. Sure. Or where are you, you going to put it? We're going to put this 3Gs at. You can't uh, just cancel 3G. It's got to be somewhere in the fucking air. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably just going to be throwing it into, like, a cave or something. That's very nice that you're upset about this. <laughs> I, I find that funny. They have 3G still? Right? Yeah. They still have that shit? I, you know, I was like, that was like, all right, we're up to 5G. Is 1G just a radio wave? Like, yeah, maybe. What does <laughs> these Gs even mean anymore? I don't know. Dude, I don't know. I'm just upset, man. Sand of an error, man. The good old days. 3G networks. I wish I had 3Gs in my bank account. This is like less sad than the HD DVD dying. You know, like, <laughs> this no, is, it's not. This is the least sad technology erasure ever. No, but think about all the good times you had with 3G, dog. I probably no. sent somebody a picture of a sandwich. What a uh, frustrating time. I definitely talked to someone that. using a wireless connection. Well, that you could still do that. Like all those, I don't understand. Like everything that's offered is still going to be offered, and some. Yeah. Tom, you have your things. You have your things. I see all those records behind you. Mine was generational cellular networks. <laughs> so we're the you same know what? age. <laughs> we are. We are four days apart. In age. Oh, well, I'm just. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, people have their hobbies. All right. That's this. That's. How was your week, yeah. Tom? How was your week, Tom? I actually had a week. How's that sound? <laughs> Tom celebrated the death of 3G yeah, for a big I was, party. I went, oh, fuck you. That's right. I went to Checkers, and I celebrated. I said, give me three fries. And they said, okay. <laughs> this week, I went to two shows. Not just one, two shows. I went out to... Uh, the shows are back on Long Island, by the way. Long Island, home of beat-down death metal. Long How Island is healing. Yeah, it's healing. That's right. Um... So with that, I saw suffocation, internal bleeding, and uh, after birth. Shout out to Big Will. That was fun. The uh, the kids were flying. You've been to a bunch of shows with me, Travis. You know when the kids go flying, right? Oh yeah, they're just the kids are having a great time. They're having a ball. They're punching each other. Yeah, it's a good time. Full I force. also thought you were saying lyrics before because you were like suffocation, no bleeding. Don't give a fuck if I cut my arms. I, I also had that song pop in my head when we started talking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is uh, the way I said that, like with that that rhythm. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then uh, yesterday I went out and saw Municipal Waste and Crowbar and Dead Heat and Skeletal Remains. So whenever Municipal Waste comes to town, my buddy Phil and I, uh, we we pal around. And you know what, guys? I broke my my sober streak. I had some drinks last night. Boo! Uh, yeah, good for you. But, uh, you know, I kept it on the DL Hughley, if you know what I mean, because I had to drive home. Mm. So uh, a few and then road then, soda. Then, then waters. Road yep. soda. Tom, <laughs> Polish waters at the Warsaw. Tom was drinking just cream ales because he's the creamiest man I know. Mm. Yep. Well, either way, it was a great time. Um, and then I was hungover. I hadn't drank in such a long time that I was really hungover today. Wow, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I, you know, you build up, you live, and you drink every day for fifteen years, 
the hangovers diminish. They're not mm-hmm. as bad unless you go crazy. Last night I did not go crazy. Terrible hangover. So I need to. Do, I'm gonna get back on drinking. I swear to God, I'm really yeah, slacking. Charlie's in the, it's the bush. The only responsible thing to do. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, that's that's my week. Revisiting my past. And uh, speaking of revisiting my past, last week we did Dan Sickle episode one. It's time to Wait, get uh, back into that. Can I redo my week? Sure. Me and Connor. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> okay. All right. So we last left our good friend Dan after he had just been acquitted for the murder of Francis Barton Key. Right. Or, I think I forgot his name, his first name. I don't think it's it Francis. Was, uh, That's his no, dad. It's, Daddy. it's Barton Key. Barton and I forget, I'm forgetting his first name already. I, I forget his name. That was last week. Bavarian That's really bad. Cream. But uh, he's Welcome dead. The show. He's dead, so we're moving on. Just, nice like, just like Dan did after the trial. Right after Dan strangled Alicia Keys. <laughs> Danny boy. Danny boy. Goodbye, Winston Scott America boy. You're dead. <laughs> so our, our good Dan uh, leaves Washington after the trial and returns back to New York with Teresa and Laura. And they start to reconcile at this time, uh, not completely, and the press gets wind of it, and they kind of trash both of them for reuniting. Like, they they don't look at this as like, oh, a couple has gotten back together after a hardship. They're like, what the fuck is this? Right. It's not like an Affleck-Lopez kind no, of dynamic. Very much not that. <laughs> okay. Much more of the Jake Gyllenhaal, Taylor Swift, where it's like, yeah, they did? fuck these guys. Did they? they? Did. Yeah, and that's what uh, I, Taylor Swift's new album is all about, how shitty Jake Gyllenhaal is. Really? Wow. Jake Gyllenhaal's a saint. Oh, well, first, I just thought that he did Heath Ledger. I could be wrong about that. That's but. what I was going to say. The entire time, he just fucked uh, cowboys in the ass. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. He was his method actor. He's fucking hot. Yeah. yeah. Well, he could do whatever he wants. That's what I'm saying. That's why right. Taylor Swift is an idiot. So, Dan and Teresa <laughs> trying to get back together. More so... Uh, well, no, I guess they were both were because Dan, you know, he been writing letters to Teresa during the trial, basically like leaning on her for support. Um, and the press was, you know, very upset, mostly accusing Dan of being under some sort of spell that Teresa had cast on him, huh. and that the night that he murdered Key was the one time that he took a stand against this tyranny of his Italian wife. Demons. Okay, that's uh, good. <laughs> it's the woman's fault. Yeah, they're basically she- like, "What? Fuck her! Why are you getting back with her, Dan? You should divorce her." Look, I'm just saying cheddar biscuits are way more tasty than any type of garlic bread. I'm just saying. Uh, I can't so. stand for that type of slander. Yeah, that's, that's just wrong for what? you to say that. Garlic say bread Travis? is by far the superior carb. No, what cheddar other biscuits just trying is... to dis- disgrace us with saying? You can put cheddar on garlic bread and it'll just be better than either. Cheddar bread? It's cheddar biscuits, dog. That's two different things. We'll have to agree like to disagree. like versus biscuits. Cheddar biscuits, gotta do that. It's very in-depth. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, maybe he was just upset that he wasn't getting his cheddar biscuits from his I, wife. I think Dan, he just, uh, a little jealous. Dan was in a strange place at this time. Uh, it was one of the only times in his life where he was kind of ostracized and, like, on his own. Um, one senator's wife remarked about this period of his life and... The, fall- the fallout from the trial. Uh, regarding the murder, quote, that was all right. A fellow could f- survive such a thing. The real reason he was ostracized was because he condoned his wife's profligacy and took her back. What does his fat bitch know? 
What is she talking about? I love how she's like, murder, not a big deal. But yeah. we cannot excuse forgiving your spouse for their infidelities. Yeah, that's not acceptable. She probably Yo, has like, a feather in her hat. Bite. Yeah. Stupid shit. Uh, she probably even said, it probably is all some fake news. They probably wrote it down in the book. You think Dan wrote that in his journal? Like, so. this bitch, fake news. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that bitch. So Dan returns to Washington after this brief period back in New York uh, for the fall of uh, 1859 legislative session. Uh, but he leaves Teresa in New York. Um, Teresa and Laura both stay at their upstate, upstate, <laughs> upper Manhattan house, which is basically upstate right, at yeah. the time. Where pigs and cows and chickens live. That's actually exactly right. Teresa kind of became like a farm homebody type, uh, just like raising animals on the Hudson River bank. Just I, hanging out. Why not? Lots of dogs, they uh, ducks, geese. You know what's weird? Every time I hear someone say raisin animals, I just think of those California raisins. Raisin animals? Is yeah, that like, like, they're, a... <laughs> like they're just playing jazz to animals. <laughs> is, that, is this like some kind of movie you're proposing? <laughs> yeah, or probably. Just, just purple face a bunch of people? Uh, it's basically if you combined happy feet with raisins. Mm, I like, I like that. that. Anyway, so she's she's the California raisining animals in the Bronx. Yes. Oh, Uh, my God. So Dan, (laughs) uh, when he got back to D.C., lived a much more quiet, sedated life than he had previously. So no more big balls, no more... Well, he might have still had some big balls, but uh, not going to those big balls. Right. No more dances, less social events. Uh, And this wasn't just because of Dan's situation. It's also because it's 1859 and the country is tearing itself apart at the seams. Yeah. Um, And it actually kind of helped him through the 1859 and 1860 uh, because his political party, the Democrats, are also splitting. Uh, He had the southern hardcore slavers, the northern slavery apologists, and then you had like another sect of Democrats that wanted to preserve it all but get rid of slavery. So it's all kind of falling apart. This is when talk of secession starts up. Okay. Um, people are threatening to leave if certain people are elected. And We're, Dan, uh, he'll find his way out of this train of thinking, but initially is saying that, you know, you know, secession might have to happen if we're going to impose their will on the southern part of the country. And he's he, just like, I feel like he was probably just like, we should move. I got the best idea, guys. We're going to move everyone to this little tiny island south of Florida, Cuba. All the population of the United States of America right to Cuba. We'll leave everything alone. We're going to get back to Dan's love for Cuba, because that comes up again later in our <laughs> awesome. story. How could you not love Cuba? Yeah. He loved, nice the, he loved cigars, and he loved women. Cuba was basically the perfect place for him to be. Favorite entertainer, Ricky Ricardo. Yeah. And we'll find out that Dan also loved Latin women. So another <laughs> take number uh, three in the box. For I don't blame Cuba. Him. Yeah, I mean Latin women—they're just uh, fine, 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 fine. Mm-hmm. So even though uh, you know Dan was uh, sympathetic to the early parts of secession, he even came up with the idea that if it happens, and if a lot of the southern states seceded, he proposed that New York City should secede not just from uh, America, but also the state of New York, and declare themselves an independent city-state. Oh. What? I don't mind that. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. I was like, we should just do that now. Just <laughs> Yeah, but the, here's the problem. If we do that now, it's just going to keep going downhill. Yeah. Uh, we need to do it on, a, on an upswing. We had to do that before de Blasio. Mm-hmm. But now... Yeah. Now we can't. Long Island and Manhattan should be its own state. 
and we should get into more fist fights. Yeah, Dan is basically saying we should become the Venice of the Atlantic. Okay. Oh, the Venice of the Atlantic, so our rivers need to smell even worse? <laughs> we need more shit in our canals. Does Venice smell bad? I haven't been there. Um, it's just low-lying know, water. Was, we were there once, and uh, I didn't really notice the shitty smell. Oh, like, that's because you weren't putting your head down those canals like I was. I was, like, trying to look under people's skirts, so I had to get real low uh, in the canal. You dog, you. You Italian dog. You <laughs> well, I was trying to fit in with the locals! <laughs> Ah, I see. Monkey see, monkey do. Monkey semen do. <laughs> uh, so in 1860, Dan decides not to run for re-election. Um, he doesn't really campaign for anyone. Again, he's still kind of living this reclusive life. The The trial's still fresh in everyone's mind. Um, and after, in 1860, Abraham Lincoln wins election. The threat of secession becomes real. Multiple states begin seceding in the period between Lincoln's election and when he's actually inaugurated. And Dan's initial sympathetic leanings kind of turn much more hostile, and he turns to a much more pro-union stance. Oh, uh, so he was like, I like this tall, weird-looking dude. I like the cut of his jib. I like how he lays a cabin, you know what I'm saying? No, initially, he didn't like Lincoln at all, but he respected the way he was dealing with secession, and he hated the way... The main reason he really flipped on this idea of like letting secession happen was because they started attacking federal property. And he was like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. We can't have that happen because then Europeans are going to come and take us over. Yeah, good point. Also, didn't like everyone in Washington hate Lincoln? Oh, yeah. Everyone well, was like, how did this guy get in here? D.C. was a slave-owning city. Right. And then this guy, this fucking country bumpkin shows up. Yeah, oh. half, this fucking half treehouse, half man <laughs> yeah. walks in and goes, keep it together, boys. What's in that fucking hat? Do you guys like you guys, one of the favorite things I like about Lincoln is he would just eat ground pepper. <laughs> really? He got a sack of it and he would just eat ground pepper. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's what a, an animal would do. <laughs> I don't think he did that, but that's what I'm assuming. <laughs> I bought it what for a second. Yeah, well, that sounds like yeah. some 1800s. They're like, look at this freak. He's just eating ground pepper. I think well, like nerds back then. <laughs> little yeah, candy. Get a, get a nerd's rope. Just pepper on a fucking uh, dried up bullcock. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think every description I've ever read of Lincoln uses the word gnarled at some point. Like, he looks like a gnarled piece of oak. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> gnarled. So, as this crisis continues, Dan, like I said, continues on a much more strong pro union stance, uh, counter to what everyone else in his party, especially New Yorkers, were feeling. And so in April of 1860, the Civil War finally breaks out. The South Carolina regiment's attacking Fort Sumter. Dan gets war fever. He's like, I'm going to fight for the Union. I'm raising an army of volunteers, and I'm going to lead them in battle. Awesome. Damn. Guy who had never had any military experience in his life. Like he it. did kill someone. He did kill a guy. Yeah, he's murdered. Yeah. Also, you know, I I, I feel like you name dropped Sumner in the last episode. Wasn't he also fighting people in, on Lafayette? And well, this is Fort Sumter in South Carolina, and Charles it? Sumner was uh, a senator who got caned in the sen Senate House. Yeah, right. right. So you're wrong, Travis. Whatever you were just laying down is yeah. a big hot load of shit. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> What was I? Gonna, I was going to say something real smart, but you interrupted me. So uh, I'll seethe, and you continue. 
Well, right. I, I just thought, you know, I thought there was this one and the same person. I didn't realize <laughs> that there was a sump in South Carolina. You thought wrong, Travis. A bunch of those fucking Confederates came over with them canes and started beating the building up. They beat the <laughs> shit out of it. So Dan and one of his buddies decide they're going to raise a regiment of volunteers that they're going to lead themselves. Uh, within a month, they have 3,000 volunteers, mostly from the uh, poor immigrants in, in Manhattan, but also some educated men, some abolitionists, and, you know, 3,000 guys in a month, that's a good haul of recruits. Yeah. Now, at this time, most of the militias were under state law, so, like, you'd raise the army of volunteers, and then you'd go to the state and be like, hey, I got a band of guys that want to go fight, and the state would go, here's your funding, and you're commissioned as officers in our militia go on your way dan uh was like fuck that i'm going straight to the top and goes uh lincoln make me a general and here's my regiment and then you're gonna pay for it and it worked <laughs> yeah because lincoln was a pushover <laughs> well lincoln and dan become pretty good friends so they clearly like they had some you know chemistry going I think maybe Dan just showed up with a little bit of a taller top hat for Lincoln to wear. He's like, oh, I like being tall. That's my thing. He's like, here's a ta- top hat that's a centimeter taller than yours. He's like, look, uh, Dan, I'm the president, and uh, can you help me look straight? <laughs> Put this hat on your head. <laughs> Wait, so also, uh, you know, it's funny because you're talking about, like, state militias and stuff like that and, like, these regiments. It's crazy that whatever city you go to has these armories. Yeah. And, like, you know, there's, like, I think two or three in New York City, but now they're usually something else, like art halls or whatever, but yeah. it used to just be a place where you'd be like, here's my regiment. We have all <laughs> trained in the, the armory. I, I, was, there's like, I wasn't going to get into it, but there's this whole thing of how they're stationing the men and where they're training and, like... At one point, they're in the armory, but there weren't enough beds, so then they're just in a hotel across the street from the armory, and then some of them are just in private homes that people had extra rooms for, and just all these soldiers hanging out. Oh, and, and da- let me guess, and they Dan were is like, hey, them. guess what? We're going to sleep in your room and not let, let you can't protest, dog. No, that's we're the, red- sleep with your no, wife. that's against the yeah, that- Fifth Amendment? I forget no, Sixth which, Amendment. Uh, yeah, I forget I which one, but yeah, like legally- uh, any- Soldiers cannot be quartered in homes. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, these are real soldiers, so they can. <laughs> hey, come sleep with my wife, please. So Dan <laughs> is given a, a provision, provisionary generalship of what is known as the Excelsior Brigade. Um, like the badasses? It just is like New York Excelsior. Boom. Uh, done. Yeah, it was on our brigade license name. plates, dog. Oh, that makes sense. So, uh, hold on, where am I? So the brigade departed New York uh, just after the Union disaster at Bull Run, and Dan left behind many unpaid bills Uh-oh. to all the people that like had stationed his troops and supplied them and all this, and he was just like, peace, right? Hello, <laughs> it's a war effort. Yeah. yeah. Why would you have to explain yourself, let alone pay for anything? Yeah, he's like, what do you mean, money? Yeah. <laughs> Give this me is, guns. This is the South yeah. that we're fighting here, Okay. Do you understand how hateful they are? Yeah. Yeah. They're going <laughs> to show up, up on your front doorstep, throw that fucking pizza right in the Hudson, and you're going to be eating Tennessee hot wings yeah. if you don't watch yourself. Dog. Not only are they trying to keep slaves, which is a little not cool, but they're all child molesters, and they love burning coal. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And, they're and all fracking. Yeah. They don't even know what that is. They, they're fracking down there, and they, they don't even care about um, Tip. the internet. 
Touch mm-hmm. your tips. <laughs> Sir, now, what is an internet? <laughs> <laughs> now, there were uh, a few political appointee generals, which is what Dan was. Um, and most of them, not all of them, most of them were kind of like, did it for the glory, but didn't actually do any of the hard work. They delegated or they just kind of sat around on their asses and pretended to play at war. We stole that from the English. Yeah. yeah. Dan, though, is like, I'm a soldier now. I'm a general. I'm going to learn everything there is to know. So he is pouring over military tactics books. He's learning everything there is. He's marching with the men. He's camping with them. He's really getting into it. He's like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm going to take it seriously. Respect. Yeah. All right. So as they uh, head to Washington, the brigade is placed uh, in the Army of the Potomac in the 3rd Army Corps. The commander of the 3rd Army Corps has the perfect name for Dan Sickles. It's Fighting Joe Hooker. Dan, the lover of all prostitutes that he's ever met, is fighting for a guy named Hooker. I just imagine... I'm imagining him showing up going like, oh, hey, Hooker. And like throwing money at him, throwing some coins. Yeah. I want to work with that guy. So he's fighting for uh, a... How much would it cost for me to share a tent with you, sir? (laughs) Gotta pitch it, baby. Are you one of those two-bits hookers? Do you have to do have to wash up after we're done? Yes, <laughs> I'm very dirty and stinky. <laughs> My pussy looks like a fucking hole. Could you imagine the amount of Civil War bussy going around? Oh my god, must, be, must be nice. This, yeah. Dead body bussy, this is awful. Well, the best, the best thing about the Civil War is they were losing limbs and getting shot so much. There was a lot of extra things that weren't necessarily bussies. Yeah. Something uh, like like lussies, which are leg <laughs> pussies. Oh, look at this oh, God. leg I could fuck. Because on your <laughs> yeah. way to the brothel, you're like walking past the field hospital and the mountain of legs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Screaming like, just that turns me, me on. That gets me hard. Okay, Tom, you're, you're making a gross face, but Fleshlight, established 1861... You know it what? It was originally a leg that they right. warmed up in the I, river. Look, I think it was a loofah. You got to think. Like, uh, the stink. The oh, stink must have been. The but back then, there. think about this. They don't know it smells good. That's all they know. They don't well, have li- li- oh, Flowers were invented in 1976. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah. The flapper mm. just uh, asshole. I love that smell. <laughs> yeah, mm. that's, that's why they wore flappers. Yeah. Maggots Ooh. and dandelions, same thing. Yeah, Tom, I'm, I'm thinking the field hospital did not smell any worse than these brothels that Dan was going into. That is that is the point I was trying to make. Yeah. That's why this disgusting thing that probably didn't happen may have happened. Yeah. Well, There's a reason why Fleshlight was established in the 1860s. That's fact. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Which continue. limb are you going to fuck? If you guys had to pick a limb to fuck, you know, what's limb are you going to fuck? This is a terrible, terrible. I'm not going to answer. I'm just going to keep talking about Dan. I'm going to go with the armpit. <laughs> okay, that's not really that's a, not limb. a limb. <laughs> well, I'm going to get like that's a, a shoulder. I'm going to get a shoulder piece. I'm going to cut off the guy. With a flap? A little flap going. Oh, right, right. Okay. <laughs> nice. If you could, if you could, if you'd visualize this with your ears, people at home. Like a turkey leg. <laughs> it's just you like, know, Mike, whatever you're doing, I'm going to follow suit because uh, you seem to... You seem the, to the wheels oh, turning on that yeah. one. Mike did this already with the Gilgos. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Come on, that's why he knows. South Shore, baby. I mean, that shit is. There's no. You know what? Just continue. 
Cut that out, Zoe. All right. <laughs> so Dan and the regiment are hanging around Washington, um, and he's kind of getting bored. He feels like they're just stuck in the mud. However, this is when he strikes up a good friendship with the Lincolns. As I said in the last episode, everyone who ever met Dan couldn't help but like the guy. Right. Uh, that was true of Mr. Lincoln and Mary Todd Lincoln. Ooh. Even now, Mrs. Uh, even though Dan had sex with everything that moved, it's pretty clear he, he and Mrs. Lincoln did not have any sort of affair. Um, but like the press would try and dread, like drag it up as like a rumor. But oh. it's pretty clear that nothing actually happened. I mean, it's pretty clear from the photographs of her that Dan probably was not very. Dan was probably like, "Oh, I can get better strange back at the camp than yeah. here yeah. at the White House." Twenty. Yeah. Have you seen Harold in the first <laughs> division over here? He's a lot better you know, than true. Yeah. Lincoln's wife. <laughs> you think Lincoln's got a big dick? I mean, he's he had a big, a big dude. dick. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. He's got that shaft. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, four score and 20 years or whatever the fuck that shit was. So Mary Todd, Lincoln's wife, she uh, was super into seances oh, and like God. communing with the dead. And so Dan would kind of attend these. Um, one time he tried to pull a prank on a seer where like he hid behind some curtains and they're like, who's hiding behind the curtains? Oh, they fuck just knew Dan. walking around. It's like, it's daytime still. <laughs> and we see your feet. The, this curtain only goes down. Yeah. To uh, to the bottom of the window, which only extends as far down as two feet to the room. So <laughs> we see two feet of your legs. Yeah. Breeze, breeze and tell. Oh, it's me. So Dan, uh, frequent guest at the White House. And as I said before, he was a provisional commander of the Excelsior Brigade. Because, I don't know if this is still the case, but at the time, every general and every brigade uh, brigadier general needed Senate approval. Now, a lot of the senators fucking hated Dan. This was a mix of Republicans that hated him because he was a Democrat and Copperhead Democrats, which is like the term for the Democrats who wanted peace with the South. Right. They hated Dan because they thought he was betraying the Democrats. Oh, okay. And also they were probably afraid that they were go- he was going to shoot him. That's and the there <laughs> had to have been like three or four that were like, he yeah. fucked my wife. I can't vote for this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going to fuck my wife, Dan? Yeah. Dan they're the they're like, I just, I just lost my opera glasses. I dropped it in the Potomac. How am I going to defend myself against this man? <laughs> I don't have my opera glasses. And he's fucking my wife. now. All right. So in April of 1862, after some months of this like dull period around Washington, Dan receives some disappointing news. The Senate has denied his appointment as a brigadier general. God damn it. Roasted. He felt Woo. real betrayed. You know, he had been with these men since the regiment was formed. He felt it was his right and his duty to lead them in battle, and it had just been stripped out from under him. And to make it even worse, it was right before their first real action. Oh, damn. Because right now, well, not right now, but then... Uh, the Union Army was beginning the Peninsula Campaign. Uh, this is when they tried to like land boats in Virginia and march on Richmond. And uh, In the brigade's first real action, which Dan missed because he was still back in D.C. Uh, campaigning for him to be instated as Brigadier General, uh, they finally see action, and on the first day, they see 772 casualties out of about 1,500 guys. Damn! Yeah, so a 50% attrition rate. Pretty fucking awful. Oh, yeah, he's he's probably up in D.C. going, uh, well, glad I wasn't there. No, very much the opposite. Dan really? is like, I want to be on the front lines shooting ribs. Oh, well, wow. no, yeah. Dan's like, if I was there, bro, like, that wouldn't have happened, son. I would have been shooting him all- oh. with my... Yeah, he's like, I would have done, I would have had him in a better spot. 
Yo, yeah. 9-11 would have been different if, like, I was not busy eating a hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to do something about it, but I just didn't do it. I was just thinking to myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, a mere eight days after this, Dan was finally confirmed uh, in his second round of voting. Uh, this, But he eked by. One vote confirmed him as a brigadier general and gave him command of the Excelsior Brigade. Nice. He Sweet. Did yeah. Fucking weenie. Uh, so Dan makes his way to the men uh, down in Virginia and performs well under the heat of a few battles. Nothing major, just some skirmishes, light action, but Dan's doing well. His unit has earned some uh, citations and commendations from fellow generals. So so one thing I love about, especially the, the Civil War, I mean, it happened in the Revolutionary War as well, uh, but he just sees people that are like, I want to be a general. Mm-hmm. And then they just become one. Like, you know, yeah. like there were people in the Civil War that, like, went to West Point, like, Grant. And it was weird because, like, I feel like it was like a West Point reunion from all these guys that went to West Point. And some of them are fighting from the South. Some of them are fighting in the North. But then there's these guys that are like, ah, fucks from New York. Well, let me fight. <laughs> Dan's just like, I'm a lawyer and yeah. politician, so I'm going to yeah. become a general now. Right? right. <laughs> oh, I, I could see, like, well, he knows the law, right? Yeah. He's a lawyer. Sure. Yeah. Like, well, I could just be a general. You fucking idiots went to school for it. You can't be I'm, a general. I'm just, I'm just, I'm going to get job experience, okay? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm here to do. I'm here, I'm going to watch people die. I shot someone, okay? Dead. That's true. Yeah. I'm good for this. Dan watch. Dan gunned the man down. He's, yeah. he's about, he's, you know, about the action. Put me I, I, in a suit. I, I just to see him going off to his first battle, and he's like, "Why are they not armed with opera glasses?" <laughs> <laughs> I've got four guns. They've got opera glasses. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought war was. Why do these gray gentlemen have guns? <laughs> Fuck! This is nothing like what I thought it would be. Yeah. So the Peninsula Campaign, despite uh, Dan's good performance, was an abject failure for the Union. Uh, Nothing went well. Uh, McClellan, uh, the commander of the Army of the Potomac, was a terrified little piece of shit who, even though he had like three times the numbers of Lee, just never committed to battle. Yeah, he uh, McClellan was weird. I think I want to do an episode on him because of like... Be a good one, yeah. Yeah, because he's got so much experience and then just seemed to constantly be fucking up. Like, yeah. Like all of his... All of his battles, every pick, like he's constantly making the wrong pick. He's always like really, really prepared, and then right at the moment of truth, it just like folds like a little bitch. Yeah, he backs out yeah. last minute and just blows it. He could have like he could have finished that war a lot the Union earlier. Could have won the war here. Yeah, but because of McClellan, just didn't. Yeah, <laughs> that just seems like a common trend with the Union, though. I mean, they're, it's, they're it's gonna just it's gonna be like a I mean, trend you here. mentioned the Battle of Bull Run, and everyone was like, uh huh. All the Union guys were like, this is going to be the only battle of the war. And they had, like, picnics and shit watching yep. the fucking battle. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, uh, one thing I didn't put in, but I just remembered. Uh, so during the Peninsula Campaign, um, Dan got to ride in a hot air balloon for the first time. Awesome. And he fucking oh. loved it. He was like, this is the coolest thing in the world. I, we should get more of these. Um, Confederates could see that he had a general stars. Uh, because they were using like telescopes to look at the balloon, and they started shooting at him, but there was like no way they were gonna hit, and he just kind of like loved like waving at them as they're shooting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking fun. Oh, hey down there! <laughs> yeah, you idiots. hello. You cannot reach me in my hot air. Oh. 
Uh, so after the Peninsula Campaign, the Union withdraws back to their previous lines around D.C. Uh, Dan heads back to New York to try and recruit more men after they had lost some huge numbers during the campaign. And by come men, fight for me. It's yeah. a one in two chance you'll die, but <laughs> come fight for me. Yeah. You by, might... men, by men, you mean Irish. Yes. Yes, okay. the Irish that were in uh, Manhattan. Uh, however, he found that uh, a lot of his support had waned. Um, this, like we were saying, the Democrats, his former colleagues, kind of hated him for his avid war support. Uh, but he was earning some fans uh, from the Republican side, but there weren't many Republicans in New York. Um, however, Dan got a stroke of luck when his superior officer, Fighting Joe Hooker, uh, was promoted to Corps Commander. Uh, so Dan got promoted as well, being one of Hooker's like right-hand men. So now Dan is a division commander. Pretty big deal. Cool. It gets even better when a few months later, Hooker replaces McClellan as commander of the Army of Potomac. And so Dan follows in his wake and is now a Wait, major... Wait, I, I know what it is. He's multiplication commander. No. Mm-mm. See what I did there? <laughs> uh, I missed it. I did too. What was oh, the division uh, commander? Oh, Malta A. Fuck you. Alrighty. Tell <laughs> <laughs> you, Connor. So Dan is now uh, the commander of the entire Third Corps of the Army of the Potomac. Uh, I think that's like like ten thousand guys, maybe. Sheesh. A lot of guys. Yeah, and he's a major general, two stars. So Travis, you were talking about all this guy, all this being a West Point reunion. Yeah. So, at the time, the, a two-star general is the highest rank in the Army. And Dan is one of two guys to achieve this ranking at this time that had not graduated from West Point. Oh, the dang! other was a German immigrant named Franz Siegel, who had basically gone to the German equivalent of West Point. And then you got Dan, who's a fucking lawyer, who became a two-star general. Wow. Right, so Dan, Dan walks in and he's like, uh, Hey, boys, uh, you got... <laughs> How are the ladies up in West Point? Yeah. <laughs> Get a lot of women? Yeah. We do not have West Point. <laughs> we have a castle. And there, we make fresh meat from our practice victims. Yeah. And Dan's like, <laughs> how are the fry lines? Army. <laughs> what do you know how to do? Well, I like fried chicken and shit. Uh, <laughs> I fuck people's wives. Yeah. Oh, I killed nice. a guy once. <laughs> he was as a savage. <laughs> This man is definitely in deserving of having the two stars. That's for sure. Yeah. One thing I learned in Germany: we one thing we cannot do is fuck other people's wives the way this fucking guy does. <laughs> Holy shit! What do you call penis in uh, German? Uh, uh, Wiener schnitzel. A Schlangdanger. Schlangdanger is uh, how you say big. It's uh, gross. Schlangdanger is gross. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Big penis. Ich liebe dich. <laughs> So, you follow uh, Travis? You understand that? Dude, I know that I have a gross penis, but I don't think it means big. <laughs> I have gross net worth pay penis. <laughs> nice. Which is That's half of what I should have because yeah. it's taken out. Mm-hmm. Uh, gross. I, I gross about 10 inches. Uh, <laughs> netted way under that. Mine's uh, inverted. In you got an any? No, invert, 10 inches inverted inside me. Nice. Yeah, I got an any. That's cool. Any, yeah. You can't I have a walk bi- without orgasming. Yeah, I got you a baker's gross of girth. <laughs> this is terrible. Let's continue. <laughs> you guys want to see it? So, no. <laughs> at this time, uh, so Joe and uh, Dan, good friends, and they kind of were like kindred spirits. Joe was a heavy drinker, uh, loved party, and loved hanging out. 
And at this time, uh, in the Army of the Potomac, the officers, so like lieutenants through colonels, a lot of them are temperate Christians, you know, uh, evangelical types. So they did not like Hooker and Sickle, uh, especially together. Hmm. One officer referred to the headquarters of the Army of the Potomac at this time as, quote, a place to which no self-respecting man would like to go and no decent woman would go. It was a combination of barroom and brothel, which sounds fucking sick. Yeah. Sounds sick to me. That sounds like a good time. That sounds like what soldiers do. Well, you say that, and all the NCOs and enlisted men fucking loved fighting Joe Hooker and Dan Sickles. They right? love these guys. Yeah. They were like, this is awesome. These They I'm like the party. Them. We hang out. Because they, they're real people. Yeah. You know, like all these upper class, uh, the generals, all the all the officials and stuff like that, you're always going to find those people want to take away fun. Mm-hmm. They like control. They like, and, and when they see someone having fun and they're not part of it, it, it like irks them. Yeah. So however they spin it, when you don't have control, like one of these uh, troops here, mm-hmm. That's like the be- the coolest shit out yeah. there, you know. That's fucking cool. And, and well, like we were saying before, like Dan liked to revel in like the difficulties of troop life. So right. he was always, you know, going to the men's fires and hanging out with them and all this. So yeah, he liked it. Well, I yeah, I, I don't. You know, you have these like well disciplined like European style uh, armies. Like I guess what America's always. They, I feel like America was always trying to fashion themselves after these like. You know, European armies. Mm-hmm. But, like, when it boils down to it, I know this is also European. Like, they're warriors. And, like, look what Vikings do. You they know just, what I'm saying? Like, that's what they want. They it, fucking eat flesh off of uh, bones of, yeah. of their best friends. Yeah. And they like to rape. They rape. The, and fleshlights. Yeah, no that's, flesh, that's Vikings. Just they rape. just bend wood until it's a boat, and then you and then fuck each other while being carried away through the uh, the tropical rift. Yeah. Well, we might get into them at a later date. I think Valhalla's real. Maybe. I think so. I'm going to say that more legit than having. Yeah, if you get a choice, go Valhalla. Valhalla, yeah, yeah. dope think, as fuck. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's worth mentioning at this time that, you know, Dan is a two-star general, enjoys a lot of comforts in his uh, camp, and it was very common throughout the Civil War for generals to bring their wives to the battle. Not to the battle, but to, like, camp. Of course. Um, Because they would take on roles of, like, cooking, cleaning, attending the men. And, you know, it was always remarked that, like, the the soldiers kind of liked it. It gave them a female presence just to, like, chat and hang out with. Like, it was almost viewed as, like, the mother of the army. Gotcha. Um, to look at. Yeah, basically. basically. Uh, and the ankle porn. Joe, ankle. I think Joe Hooker's wife was one of like exceptionally liked by the soldiers. She's sexy. I don't know. Um, her last Hooker's name was wife. Hooker. Yeah. 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 But the reason I bring all this up is because Dan never once invited Laura, not Laura. That's his daughter, Teresa, to come. Well, why would he? Yeah, Hooker's. He's well, every role. other general did. So it kind of shows that even though they'd reconciled a little bit. There were some wounds that were never going to heal. Because Teresa kept writing them. She addressed him as my dear general. And she kind of was always hinting, like, hey, I, you know, I'll come down if you ask me. I'll right. come down. And he never did. You're a fucking like, hey, uh, Dane, where's your wife? You know, your little hot piece. Of- ah, that old bag? Yeah. Fucking whore. Uh, she's 23. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, she's she's 23. Yeah. You're you, 40. Yeah, <laughs> you married her at six. She was 16. Uh, yeah. Now she, she's just finally of age. You're calling her old bag. Listen, my grandmother... Miss White. What was her name? Fanny White. Fanny White. She's coming down. <laughs> She's coming down swinging. 
I think Fanny might have died by this point. I miss her. Yeah. I miss her in the yeah. story. Yeah. Like we, we should have an episode on Fanny one day. She definitely has like, a, like th- I'm not going to say it. <laughs> She's like Madeline Kahn from, uh, yeah. from uh, Blazing Saddles. That's how that- I kind of pictured her when I was reading it. <laughs> yeah, just like a right? piece of ass with a good sense of humor. Yeah. Nice you know, I, good zinger I, every now and then. Yep. Dan was just looking out, looking out for her, man. I'm just saying, she's like, she's got those Italian scent. They're not very good at camping, and that's also, what the army life is. Well, but camping. wouldn't the army be happy if they got uh, some of Teresa's gravy and ma- and macaroni? Oh, you know? right. Like they're missing out on that. Yeah, but you're not gonna Maybe find fresh Maybe? tomatoes. Maybe. You know, oh, you're gonna get these canned wife. army rations. Guys, yeah, true. Th- she doesn't know how to cook. No. She's a hot Italian wife. She's a hot Italian oh, right. rich wife in the 1860s. Right. So she exactly. has a necklace that says Teresa on it. Yeah. Teresa. Okay, cool. Teresa. Oh, you, you, said, you wanted to say Teresa? I made one that said Chorizo. I made chor- <laughs> Chorizo for everyone. Uh, Spanish hot dogs. Well, no, Dan's going to be eating Chorizo later in our story. Nice. All right. So this is all happening in the winter of 1862 and 1863. Uh, this is back in the time when you didn't fight during the winter. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by April, morale is at an all-time high for the Army of the Potomac. They're led. I mean, you got fighting Joe Hooker and Dan Sickles leading you. You're going to be ready to run through a brick wall. And in April, the fighting is set to begin again. So Hooker plans to outflank uh, Lee's Army of Northern Virginia at a small hamlet called Chancellorsville. This is uh, this is a little bit after the Battle of Fredericksburg, which was another Union disaster. And so they're kind of still hanging around this area, and Chancellorsville's to the west, and Hooker's like, let me go out to the west, outflank Lee, destroy the army, seize Richmond, war's over. That's the plan. Great. Let me, let me guess, everything went according to plan. Uh, it did. And it also went according to Lee's plan, which was the problem. Oh, oh I see yeah. what you're talking about, Connor. Yeah, because Lee notices this is happening and goes, great. I've got an army that's twice the size of mine coming. What am I going to do? I'm going to split my army in half and outflank their flanking. You know what? This guy, Lee, he fought for a terrible, terrible, terrible cause. But let me tell you, he has some smarts. Uh, You know, he has some, he's a smart man. I got to say, uh, if you don't know who uh, Robert E. Lee is, uh, anyone who's listening to this, he's uh, he's up there. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, what's the official title of the, um, Confederate Army, what, the Wizard? Army of Northern Virginia, the Army of Nor- Northern Virginia. So this is actually Travis's idol. It's uh, not my idol. Well, I just and, and share a big brain. I we share a big brain. He's related. Travis is actually related, You're related to Robert E. Lee. Yep, yeah, I am. That's why I've he's so racist. <laughs> That's why when we're not yeah. recording, he says terrible things. Right. right, right no, right. but see, you know what? It's <laughs> not not a good cause, but big brain. Yeah, you see what he's doing. And now? also, and also, you know, there's another thing, uh, you know, big dick. Well, this is probably Lee's best battle. Uh, this is probably where he like really does well, because then after this, it's just all going to go downhill, and he's going to make some terrible decisions. But yeah, but you know what? His brain was big. That's all I'm trying to say. All right, genetics. Number one relative <laughs> from his biggest fan, Lee. big brain. So Lee's plan is to move his own force even further west and outflank the flanking maneuver. And this puts the third corps under Dan Sickles' command right in the crosshairs of one Stonewall Jackson, oh. who's leading this charge. Uh, on May 2nd, uh, I think it's May 2nd, yeah. Um, the charge comes, the outflanking maneuver from Lee finally it ha- happens, and they br- like blitz through one unit, 
um, before they get to Dan's, and Dan's unit holds the line, turns the attack back, and kind of saves the Union line for the moment. So Dan, this is maybe one of his best moments of generalship. Uh, that night, uh, Stonewall Jackson is killed by his own troops, who mistake him for Union rec- uh, reconnaissance units. Hmm. So the things are looking good for the Union right now. And Dan is occupying the heights in, around Chancellorsville known as Hazel Grove. But then Fightin' Joe Hooker, despite being known as Fightin' Joe, and despite taking over from McClellan because he was like the attack kind of guy, okay. that's what Lincoln wanted. He wanted a, like a attack dog. Well, after McClellan. Yeah. He's yeah. like, no, I don't want no cautious generals. I want someone who's going to go fight. Take it to him. Yeah, kill our boys as yeah. fast as you can. Quicker. Because yeah, we got more boys than they do. Yeah. Well, whatever McClellan had that made him cautious, Hooker gets the same thing here. Oh. So despite occupying these heights that have a commanding view of all the surrounding battlefield, he tells uh, Sickles to withdraw, to tighten up his own line. He says, give, give up the heights. We need to consolidate our forces, despite outnumbering the rebels two to one. It's pretty dumb. All you need to do is like play Halo and realize like when you're on top of the hill, it's better. I mean, it's basic Obi-Wan tactics. Yeah. Keep the high ground. You yeah. Know? yeah. And this is going to affect Dan for the rest of his life this moment, because the following day, the Confederates walk up those heights, put about 100 cannon on them, and just tear the Union lines to shreds. Uh, at this point, it would be the second bloodiest day in American military history. Damn. Yeah. It was a Chancellorsville's complete disaster for the Union. And Dan will never forget that he had those heights that would have... Maybe turn the tide of battle, but he was ordered to withdraw against his own judgment. And he said, well, all right, well, I guess I'm the politician. You're the general. I'll listen to you this time. Right. And it was, backfired. Was, was number one Antietam? Yes. And then um, Chancellor's all get passed by a few other battles oh, okay. in, like, for a single day worst. But nothing will outpace Antietam. Although um, the thing that I think is kind of fucked about Antietam is they say it's like the bloodiest day in American. Yeah, and they military. count both sides. <laughs> yeah, you count. You're, why are you counting both sides? It's just a union. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's another disaster for the union, and once again, disaster for the union. Great for Dan. He does really well. Everyone's like, "Well, Dan was good," even though the rest of the line was terrible. And mm. Hooker is re- going to be replaced because of this. And there was even some talk that it might be Dan Sickles Uh-oh. to take over as the commander of the Army of the Potomac. Danny boy. Yeah. Mm. Good old Dan yeah. Sickles. It does not happen. I can't unhear it. Uh, what? Dan Sickles? Yeah. That's probably what he calls his little boogers, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Pick out a little Dan Sickles. Hey, fellas, you enjoying those po- pork and beans around the fire? Check out this dance cool I got, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Someone eat it. You gonna share that, baby? <laughs> I'll pay you guys five, uh, two two pennies if you eat my dancicles. Yeah. So it's not dancicle who gets the job. Uh, it's this guy named George Meade, a West Point grad, again, and a sober evangelical Christian that does not like Dan. Boo! <laughs> Boo! We yeah. all like Dan. Boo! We like Dan. We like Dan. Get your ass out of here. We want to party and fuck whores. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, George Meade has replaced him, and... Uh, Dan's still under his command. And the main outcome of Chancellorsville is that it makes uh, Robert E. Lee think that the Union is ripe for an invasion. 
and he begins his uh, campaign to march his army north, take the fight into the Union, get it out of Virginia, and really show the the American people what war is all about, Mm. and hopefully seize Washington. Uh, Now, Dan had gone on leave in June uh, as a standard. I think he was recovering from a little bit about a sickness and was spending some time with Teresa and Laura. And even though they hadn't fully reconciled, he still, you know, visited and hung out, but wasn't the dutiful husband he once had been, even though he was still banging everyone. He never was. He never was, but, like, he at least lived with them and, like, took care of them. But now he's just like, I'm busy fighting, bitch. Get off me. Get away. Your breath smells like semolinas. Get off me. (laughs) (laughs) It's around this time that uh, Teresa begins to show signs of certain illness, and it will be eventually discovered that she has tuberculosis. Uh Uh-oh. So she's starting to decay at the round The consumption, baby! I I wonder if we did, if if one of our, our... Listeners wants to tally up the amount of people in our scripts that have died of consumption. <laughs> They've gotten consumption. They just yeah. keep coming. It's odd, too, because a lot of the time it's not like our subject. It, it's never who we're our, our subject. It's, it's, it's someone everyone related around to them. them. Yeah. Yeah. Just constantly dying of tuberculosis. Yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, well, Teresa, she's not going to die yet. Uh, but this is around when she started to show uh, signs of decline. So Dan gets back to the army. He actually got back the day that Hooker was replaced with Meade. Um, but it had been like a long time coming. They kind of knew what was going to happen. And Meade had been tracking Lee's uh, army north uh, into like the Pennsylvania-Maryland border and was keeping his army in between Lee and Washington. Okay. So on the morning of July 1st, Dan is uh, at a farmhouse in Maryland uh, just outside the Pennsylvania border. When he gets a note, He's uh, he's basically at like the northern end of the Union line because they're kind of stretched north south now. Okay, and he gets a note from the guy even further north than him, uh, this guy named General John Reynolds, that a skirmish was breaking out and he wanted Sickles' uh, corps to come join him. P- and then he this... also said, "P.S. Please send some crabs up." P.S. P.P.S. Don't fuck my wife. Yeah. P.S. <laughs> don't give my you. wife crabs. Please send Marilyn crabs to me. Yes. It's now, the best letter ever. Reynolds mm-hmm. tells him to come to this small town that's at the confluence of a few roads known as Gettysburg. Oh, all right. Oh, yes. The We're big the boy. Big the big Getty boy. Getty images. I, I, you know, you're going to probably see some Getty images in my picture for the week. Is that Do- where those come from? Gettysburg? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Have you or noticed that every Getty's too? image has a little dead Union soldier on it? Yeah. yeah. And it says property of Matthew Brady. Yep. <laughs> yeah. What about Getty gas stations? Uh that's also they use the bones of dead soldiers well, for like their that. for their uh fuel. Yeah. yeah recycle. They, that's they why tur- I exclusively go there. They turn mm-hmm. civil war soldiers into dinosaurs. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I want to go. So Dan had orders to remain where he was. Uh and he was kind of debating what to do, whether he should send a small force up or bring the whole army up. Or He had already sent word to Meade basically saying, hey, Reynolds is saying that there's a big battle coming. We should uh, maybe move up north. And a second note comes, this time from General Oliver Howard, who hated Dan. Like, mm. these two did not get along. This is another, like, devout evangelical Christian. Boo! Not we want fuck wars! Boo! Fuck wars! And all this note from Howard said to Dan was, quote, General Reynolds is killed. For God's sake, come up. That's blasphemy. Oh. I would have yeah. been like... And I'd been Dan... Like, I'd be well, like, Dick, yeah. that's blasphemy. You're an asshole. 
Well, well, it's basically what he's saying. He's like, oh, shit, like the evangelical is swearing under God's name. It must be serious. Yeah, well, that's not in vain then. It's yeah. really stress a point. Really stressing. Yeah. And yeah, Reynolds, who had sent the first note, shot through the head. Wow. Yeah. Headshot. Good job. So Dan goes, kill, fuck it, kill time to die. Yeah. Gets the whole division moving north. They get uh, at this point the Union Army had already well the, not army but the Union forces in Gettysburg had already been forced out of the town uh, into the, to the south. It's fu- Gettysburg is unique in that it's one of the only battles where the Union was on the south and the Confederacy was on the north. north. It's called the Yin Yang, bro. Yeah, because they were trying to come flank and go down into Washington. Well, right. in the south of Gettysburg, there's a Sheets gas station, and they have some of the best sandwiches you can buy oh, yeah. while you're on the road. So a Sheets gas station. Sheets. Sheets. Oh, Sheets. You ever have Sheets? No, I never heard of Sheets. You know, for the amount of gas station food you eat, you are not very well versed. <laughs> yeah, you Sheets. I don't, I don't leave New York. You ever been to a Loves? Never been to Wawa. Oh, really? God, a Loves. Like... I've been at Cumberland Farms. Uh, oh, I'm a huge fan of Cumberland Farms. Cumberland I can't believe farm. that flies still. I know. Those are usually mobile stations. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what's crazy? I, I don't think it's, it's not relevant to the show, I'm going to say. Please, tell hey, us. She's, Mike, she's I haven't a, heard from you in a while. I, uh, I was at Cumberland Farms, and I found the complete discography of Life of Ryan. I don't know if anyone knows. What's Life of Ryan? Ryan Sheckler's reality TV show they had. It's the complete <laughs> DVD box set. At well, a Cumberland Farms out in like did fucking you buy it? Wy- uh, not, uh, yeah, I did buy it. Yeah, I still have it to this day. <laughs> well, it's out my- east in like fucking Ronkonkoma or some shit. Sick, Mike. Uh, well, if you ever would like to walk through history about what Connor's talking about at Gettysburg in Pennsylvania, you would probably be able to go to a Sheets. They're very popular yeah. in PA. You're gonna go, you're gonna get hungry. Yeah, yeah. it's a big battle. Go to Sheets, get some Sheets. food for the walking tour, and then when you're done, go to the Wawa to relax. And then yeah. and then set up your picnic on the blood soaked grass of yeah. Gettysburg. Yeah. Vibes, yeah, like vibes. That. That's that's it. That's Hashtag vibes. Kind of got relates to the kids now. Vibes. Most yeah. ha- haunted patch of grass. I'm in just America. picturing like Horny Mike vibes. eating a sheet sandwich at Gettysburg, and like all the rappers are just fucking going out yeah. into the middle uh, of the field. Me. There's like I, a family I, like I <laughs> recycle. Excuse me. I throw out my trash. I recycle. It's an accident, Mike. Yeah, not an accident. I don't have accidents. It's like windy, that. man. I catch yeah. they just I'll, the I'll wrappers blow away. I will yeah. sacrifice my blanket. I'll get up, grab the the garbage, and then deal with my. You know blanket what? That would be the most heroic thing that's ever happened on the field of Gettysburg. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I like to do my part for America. Thanks for being American, yeah. Mike. I appreciate you know it. God bless. All right. So the vibes in Gettysburg at this time not great. Everyone's real nervous. Everyone's dying. Yeah. Right. Uh, Dan leads the division north. Uh, in the late afternoon of July 1st, they occupy the heights to the south of the town called Cemetery Ridge. A little foreshadowing. Yeah. Well, there's already a cemetery there. Oh. It's just about to be a, a, <laughs> there's about to be a much bigger one. Yeah. Well, at the yeah. cemetery You ever look at those headstones that are just like gone forever? Oh, yeah. The military one down on Pine Lawn Road? Pretty, pretty mm-hmm. There's there's people there. Yeah, but Mike, the crazy thing is, if you go to this place, there's just bones underneath you. Yeah. Can I bring my little? Uh, can I bring a little metal detector? Find some shrapnel. I think it's illegal. No, actually, within like within like 50 miles of Gettysburg, it's yeah. illegal to even have a Why? metal detector yeah. because it's history. And, yeah. Well, one, it's history, and the more important thing is preserving history. The whole battlefield is a dedicated like burial ground because yeah. the bodies just kind of laid there for months. A hundred and. 
fucking 70 years later. No. Mike, you know what's not illegal in bringing a they, sandwich? 160, you're closer. Connor, I bones are continue. gone, probably. Just, All right. Yeah, bring your Shut sandwich. Up, have a good time. <laughs> I'm beating off in Gettysburg Field. <laughs> well, here we go. I mean, right. I meant beating eggs and making uh, First you're throwing wrappers over the, this place, and now you're beating off. <laughs> Got an issue. <laughs> on Cemetery Ridge. Mike, we'll talk after the show. All right. Continue, please. I see the humor in it. All right. So We're all beating off low-key. You can't see it, though, <laughs> unless you're on live stream with us. Yeah. The That's universe a weird technique you got off. going, That's Travis. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, why does your meat curl Yeah, like why that? are you all doing right. the spinning technique? Connor, like explain Gettysburg. Like, I want to hear about like long Needing some He's dough. my favorite one, even though I <laughs> don't right. know if he's my favorite. Here we go. So Dan is getting ready for what one author would call, quote, the supreme encounter of his life, other than the one that had occurred four years past in Lafayette Square. Ah. Uh, okay. I don't know. I think this is the bigger one than shooting to death his wife's lover. I think it's a contrast thing, though. Well, yeah. Different situation. I think, like, oh, shit, I've been seeing shooting and all this crap. Have, wow, it's a big battle. Yeah. As opposed to, like, oh, it's a nice day outside. Better go shoot this guy with a handkerchief. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah. 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 Better scare away all the birds, if you know what I mean. So Dan sends word to Mead. He's like, this is it. The battle's finally here. Because they've been like waiting for the big battle during this whole march north, basically. And they're like, this, it's, it's coming here. So the stage was set for July 2nd, 1863. Arguably the most important day in all of American history. Not 9-11. Get that out of your thick skull, Yeah, boys. remember July 2nd. All right. Mm, never never like forget July, July 2nd. Month. Remember 9-11. That's the Alamo and Gettysburg. You know what really hurts? I mean, without going too far into that concept, but we will forget 9-11. That's what happens. That's what yeah. history is. So, yeah. you know, it's what are you doing? Guys? No one remembers the USS Maine. I'm never Maine. forgetting. Yeah. <laughs> I still remember Pearl Harbor. You mean there weren't enough T-shirts printed telling you to remember? <laughs> Tom, you remember when they built the pyramids? Yeah, because they're there. You won't forget that those buildings were there once. <laughs> I, I remember because I, I saved that Spider-Man trailer. All right, continue. <laughs> All righty. So, every, uh, if you ever look at a line or a battle, like a map of the battle plan of uh, Gettysburg, it always comes up. Every historian mentions it. It's always there. They call it the fish hook line. So, the Union Army picture a fish hook where the longer side is on the west and the shorter side is on the right or the east, and it ho- hooks in the north. Is the okay. fish hook line also called Pickett's line? No, that's day three. That's day three. Uh, Pickett okay. charges into the fish hook, basically. Oh, okay. So if you're picturing the fish hook with the long side, if you're looking at the map with the long side on the left, Dan is at the bottom of the long side of the fish hook. So he is at the end of the Union flank, basically. Okay. And the whole line is on a group, uh, the cemetery ridge, all the heights that are there. And Dan, just like at Chancellorsville, notices that just ahead of him is even better ground. Slightly higher, has a good view of the battlefield, a good view of where the rebels will be coming from, he thinks. Sheesh. And he fears a repeat of what happened at Chancellorsville. So he says the word to Meade, and it's all happening on the morning of July 2nd. He goes, hey, we should go seize that, put our line there. Meade says no. He goes, he's like, are you sure? Like, Please, just come down, look at it, you'll see it, and you'll, go, you'll know that I'm making the right decision. Meade says no again. So Dan rides over to Meade's headquarters. He's like, please, let me seize this, he- this high ground. And yeah. he's like, no. If only they had FaceTime Don't back get, then. Yeah, exactly. Let me right? just FaceTime you, bro. Fucking <laughs> see this shit. Right? Yeah, here, oh. let me turn my camera around. What Boom. fucking idiots. Yeah. They didn't have iPhones back then? Yeah. Continue, Yo, me, do you see these guys in gray shirts? They're getting a little too close to me, dog. I could just go up on that hill, you idiot. 
Also, let me do a face swap. This is what I look like when I'm young. (laughs) (laughs) Lol, I'm an anime boy. I look my wife's age. Yeah. (laughs) Now we're finally age appropriate. Uh, So this goes on all morning of Dan basically saying, let me go. Mead saying no. And finally, Dan just says, fuck it. I'm going. And he moves his whole division out of line to seize these heights in, on Emmitsburg Road. This move has been highly debated ever since. It's one of the most controversial aspects of the Battle of Gettysburg. Because okay. you have people... Because what it did is it disrupted the Union line and opened up more flanks, and it basically exposed Dan where he is now alone and could get surrounded pretty easily. Even though it's high ground, he's on his own out there. So right, so yeah. why is it controversial? Because... It easily could have lost the Union the entire battle and thus the war if what we're about to get to with James Longstreet, if what he, he's the Confederate general opposing Dan, if he had done some actions differently, he could have rolled up the Union line that morning. Right. Right. But then you have other historians say that by doing this, Dan disrupted Lee's plans and actually slowed down the whole uh, rebel army giving the Union time to hold the line the, the rest of the day. So you can kind of go argue it both ways. Like, okay. by doing this, he exposed them to greater danger than they would have been, but by not doing it, he could have let Lee, you know, carry the initiative, basically. It, risky. Risky move. High, high risk. Right, yes. exactly. But the rewards were great, apparently. Yes. You know, one thing I like about our boy Dan is that he's he's not part of the establishment. He didn't come from... West Point. He thinks outside the box. He's a businessman. Yeah. He, likes he didn't to come climb from the hill. established He likes army. to climb up he a hill was... and be like, I'm the tallest, you idiots. Yeah. <laughs> so as I said, uh, Longstreet is opposing him. He's supposed to go south, flank the Union Army. But then all of a sudden there's, there's Dan and all his troops. And fierce fighting breaks out. And... This is like the part of Gettysburg where, if you're familiar with it, this is the peach orchard, the wheat field. These names that you know don't mean anything if you don't know the battle, but like have become famous for everyone who studies the battle. I am ignorant. Uh, There's also the Devil's Den fighting is all going on over here. Is Mike asleep? Like no, I was just listening. Mike. Mike's jerking like, off. <laughs> desecrating the Gettysburg Memorial. Here, just I'm pretend. Thinking, I'm thinking about uh, how big this dude's cock is. <laughs> oh my god! So July second, uh, the bat, the fighting doesn't break Saturday out until like- <laughs> the, until the late afternoon, uh, because of how slow Longstreet was marching, and because of that, it allowed Dan to seize these heights, but also set up a full you know plan. Whereas if Longstreet had marched fast enough, he would have caught Dan while he's moving out to the heights and routed them because they would have been a mass of confusion and everything. All right. But Longstreet going slow allows Dan to set up a line and have a commenced the proper order of battle, basically. Was Dan commanding artillery as well? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, he's in charge of the entire Third Corps. Oh, okay. So he's probably got, um, it's mostly infantry, but then artillery support and cavalry. So they're probably like raining like too. canister and shit down on these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, Dan, despite seizing this high ground, they're slowly driven back to the original line along Cemetery Ridge. Uh, this is where the famous charge of Little Round Top happens. Um, but the line holds, and they prevent Longstreet from turning the Union flank, and the day is saved for the Union. So, day three will be set up. However, 
Dan's not going to be there for day three. What happened? So during the retreat from the Emmitsburg Road Heights back to Cemetery Ridge, Dan's on a horse riding around surveying his lines and everything. When a cannonball comes out of the mists, bouncing along the ground because it failed to explode, and tears apart Dan's leg. Oof. Baby boy, don't need that leg no more. Goodbye. Uh, It shreds him so badly that everyone who witnessed the event thought he was dead. Or once they saw that he was moving around on the ground, that he was going to die shortly, that there was no way he was going to survive this. Okay, Sheesh. I like this. Because I know where it's going. Yeah. I see how much script you have. Left, I know. So. We're, oh, we're, we still got more to go. So Dan, Peg leg. he doesn't even seem phased by it. Everyone who's there comments that it's like, they don't even, he doesn't even register the pain. He's just kind of like, no, what's going on? Carry me back to the hospital. <laughs> the whole time he's still puffing on his cigar. He actually at one point asks his uh, like attendant to light it for him because okay. he's like, He's like, I don't know where my matches are. They might have been in my leg pocket that got blown to shreds by a cannonball. Woo! I need you to light my cigar for me. He's like toasting the men and he's go as he's going back to the hospital. He's like, give him hell, boys. You know, I'll be back soon. Don't worry. And rah, his legs rah, rah, off. Yeah. Just a little flesh wound. I'll be back in a little bit, I swear. Oh, God. Rah, I'm going to go you, make sure my balls like still work. Yeah. Fresh Chipotle barbacoa. It's coming right off my thigh. Yeah, uh, Fanny's back at the hospital, so I'm going to see if everything works properly. But uh... Fanny's on my face. <laughs> Wait, Please. Connor, did everything work properly? Was it? Oh, it's going to work. Yeah, we're okay. going to get there. It, yeah. was, it was low. It's working quite well. Oh, quite well. Yeah. Uh, so he gets back to the hospital, and the doctor who's there amputates his uh, leg at the thigh, about one third up the thigh from the knee. Damn. Just Ugh. slices that off. That's so gnarly. And in a weird uh, twist of fate, the doctor had been recently reading um, that the Army Medical Museum was advertising for samples. And so they wrapped Dan's leg up, put it in a coffin with a note from Dan, sent it to D.C., and you can go right now to D.C., I think it's either in the Walter Reed Hospital or the Army Medical Museum, and see Dan Sickles' amputated leg on display. What? Yeah. Oh, he's a hero. That's awesome. Yeah, it's just a giant-ass bone mangled in the middle because you can see, like, where the cannonball blew through it. And uh, they have, a, like, a replica of the type of cannonball that did it st- sitting next to it. Jesus. That's awesome. That yeah. is awesome. That's pretty dope. You know, yeah. I, I think it's... So, you mentioned... I don't know what the type of ordin- ordinance they were using, but you mentioned there were cannonballs that it were exploded when they landed. Yeah, at this time, it's mostly explosive shot. Yeah. Um, but they but, don't... Ex- they're, like... But but I think and you don't really see it. There's a few movies where you have seen it like done. I can't think of one off the top of my head. But a lot of the tactics with cannonballs that weren't explosive rounds were to ricochet them. Yeah, which is so, really weird because whenever you watch a movie, it's like you just see cannonball and an explosion. But in reality, mm-hmm. this is a fucking like hot iron ball that's just <laughs> bouncing like a marble through like rows of people. It's pretty weird it was like the the napoleonic wars most of them were either grape shot or they were that type where the they were designed to just bounce along a field at like head height so right. that like yeah they could just carve a hole through a line of Damn. just like mutilated people yeah you never see it like that in the movie usually so like even yeah, you know, usually in the older the movies and stuff it's like a boom explosion but it's like no nah, these were just like ripping people apart like yeah know. i'm sure it's like 
they had some of these in the Civil War, but I think by the Civil War is mostly explosive shells. Right. So this one didn't um, go but, off, and they went. Yeah, this went is just a dud that just tore off. apart his <laughs> leg. And the the funniest thing is, so he's riding a horse. The horse was unscarred. Awesome. Look at that horse. So like, it just everyone. tore apart. If he was like one inch to the right, it just would have gone right through his horse's chest, and he wouldn't have gotten wounded. And then like two inches to the left, and he doesn't get wounded at all. We but just instead, it just tears apart his leg. Yeah. Uh, so as I said, Dan misses the final decisive day at Gettysburg. Union finally gets a resounding victory. They hold the line, repel Lee's charge. Uh, but key for the rest of our story is Meade never follows up his victory. Doesn't uh, harass Lee back to the south. Just kind of lets him limp back home to Virginia. Uh, so Dan's back in Washington for bed rest. Lincoln and his son Tad come to visit Dan. And they pour congratulations and thanks on him. They're talking to him about the battle. And this is like two days after the battle had happened. And Dan, at this moment, begins his lifelong campaign of discrediting Meade for his conduct during the battle. <laughs> Great. That's yeah. the best. Any PTSD? No. He was just, his. he basically, a week later, was like, when do I get to go back? Oh, and Lincoln's savage. like, ah, you can't walk, so not yet. Like we haven't invented the, the wheelchair yet. Yeah. Um, we're still figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, we're still figuring that up part out. And also, you can't go to battle with one leg when you can't even walk. Hey, yeah. put me in here, please. We build these square wheels, you see, and the problem we're having is that the more we use them, they round themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's no good. Yeah. Uh, My penis still Lincoln. works. Please put me back in the war. <laughs> I'm, I want to fuck some greys. Lincoln's uh. like, wouldn't you know it, there will also be a wartime president that will not be able to use his legs. And he will be elected a million times. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm talking about Donald Trump using those robot legs. Future. Dude, I think Donald Trump needs to run again next time, but he needs to run just from a rascal scooter. Because how much <laughs> more American can that be? I want to see him on the unicycle. I'm extremely bored under Biden, so let's go back. I, especially if he was like driving around rascal scooters, but then every time he got agitated, he would like stand up to yell at people and then sit back down and drive away. That's it. <laughs> Even more fun. Yeah. You you got to see the ramps they've been putting up all over DC. <laughs> I feel like I want to clip them though. So Dan returns to New York uh, to rehab and grow his strength again. Uh, he's still as energetic as ever. He's going hunting. He's banging horse. He's doing Dan stuff. Living the life. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, he's, but he's eager to go back to his troops, and he wants to command them again. Uh, he visits them in October because they're stationed around Washington again. And he's back spending time with the Lincolns being like, hey, well, when am I going to command again? And they're like, you still can barely walk, so not yet. <laughs> right. Uh, while in Washington, he uh, atten- is given... He gives testimony to a joint committee in Congress uh, about Meade's war conduct. He condemns it wholly, praises Joe Hooker, says Joe Hooker's the man for the job. Get George Meade the fuck out of there. Uh, especially, Just look at his name. How could you not like yeah. this guy? Yeah, he's a hooker. Yeah. My favorite people are hookers. Yeah. The other guy yeah. makes lined, college-lined paper. Yeah, what a piece of shit. <laughs> That's it. Uh, he, so he gives all his testimony, and then the day after his testimony, a anonymous account of the battle is published in the New York Herald that is basically an account that, from the perspective, it's from the perspective of a Union officer that could be no one other than Dan or someone Dan explicitly told his side of the story to. Right. That right. just condemns Meade and is like, Meade's a fucking idiot. Jeez. Uh, so Meade, however, is not removed from command because of this. 
But it does give Lincoln the opportunity to create a new position in the Union Army of Lieutenant General that would command all the Union forces, not just the Army of the Potomac. And that position was created for one man and one man only, Ulysses S. Grant. Now, Grant boy! Yeah, so Grant, our favorite, uh, best American general of all time, hard drinker, hard-nosed guy, total badass. I love drinkers, man. Loves Dan. He and, he and Ulysses get along great. Amazing. You know... I, I just think that the hookers are not impressed when you throw Grant in their G-strings because they really want Jackson. No, they want Benny. They right. want Benny. They want Benny like, Franklin. They'll take Jackson. Yeah, they don't, they'll, they don't want uh, Grant's, though. I'll take a Grant in my, my panties. What do you mean? <laughs> well, uh, oh, Grant. Grant. Ulysses Grant. Oh, Grant. Grant. Well, it's I'll still 50 bucks. So. Don't take it. Yeah. I'll take a grand worth of Tubman's in my panties. You know mm. what I'm talking about? I'll take it. Well, if we have our way, it'll be uh, Sickles instead of Jackson's. Dude, get Sickles, right? Yeah. What are we doing? The, the $40 bill? Oh, uh, I think yeah. it's a 35 35 I'll 35 like about 33 and a half. Nah, thirty-five dollar oh, bill for Danny Sickles. <laughs> or it's gotta be thirty-three. Or conspiracy. make a sixty-nine dollar bill for Danny. I like that one. Could you imagine that shit? They let like the tubby bucks. They just. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we have Dogecoin, <laughs> oh, and sheep coin. That's what. That's our cryptocurrency. Let's make tubby bucks. Tubby bucks. Tubby bucks. You can buy yeah. fat it'll people. Be under, it'll be an underground crypto. Tub. T U B. So, uh, despite Dan's friend Ulysses getting the job, uh, a little bit of sad news for Daniel here, because with all the reorganization of the army, the Excelsior Brigade is disbanded. It gotta go. Reorganized into different units. So they were nicknamed the Black Diamonds because that was the patch that they wore on their shoulder. Okay. They were no more. That that's way more extreme than Excelsior. Yeah, like, <laughs> right. They're like the Black, Black Diamonds. They snowboarded. They are the big time skiers. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They would stack yeah. each other up on shoulders <laughs> and be like, "We're triple Black Diamonds." Yeah, that's far. Come touch me. Uh, so Dan was never not going to be given command because he was one like a general, couldn't really move around that fast, couldn't ride a horse anymore. Um, but he was still useful to Lincoln, uh, who had him go tour the territory that the Union held in the South. This included uh, most of the western part of the South, so like Tennessee, Kentucky. I think he even got to New Orleans, parts of Georgia that Sherman was occupying at the time. And Dan had a little bit of prescience. He noticed that the Union was creating a hatred of the North with their harsh occupation and that they might win the war, but they might lose the peace. Mm. Uh, In 1864, Dan campaigns for Lincoln, leading a group known as the Democrats for Lincoln. So... Quite the turn from our Tammany Hall boy. Uh, And he's still living in New York, but not with Teresa and Laura. He is living downtown while they stay at the Uptown Estate. Uh, What is he doing downtown? He's hanging out in them Chinese opium dens? uh, Hanging out at his dad's law office and getting strange, I think. That's awesome. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, the the author that I read, uh, the biography that I got most of this from, said that Dan's dad was probably... Dan's best friend and strongest relationship of his whole life. Okay. So they're hanging out. Have fun. Do, fuck you, some do you think he's empowered anyone? I think maybe. Uh, <laughs> Probably. Like, I don't know. Okay. They both seem All like right. freaks. What, Eskimo bros, you said, yeah. Travis? Oh, they definitely must have been Eskimo bros just because no, of the amount of hookers that there were. Wait, what did like, Travis ask? If they had Eiffel Towers on. What, yeah. DP? You never know an Eiffel Towers? What does that mean? So when Eiffel- it's it's when you spit roast a chick and then you high five. High yeah. five. So then it looks oh. like the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Right. So it's not Eskimo bros, bros at that point. It's 
in team your building. neighbors. Yeah. And it's not it's not just a chick, just to be fair. Yeah, uh, it can we like you know, we appreciate all the, you could do that with a guy too. It could be three, three girls. Men, do three girls, you could do any combination. Want two girls, both sides, me in the middle. Uh, they're both wearing strap ons. Lean Tower Pisa, though. Yeah, the they're doing it on the side. There's strap ons yeah. on sideways, yeah, like Fredder's hat. Yeah, fucking you your can... armpits, just like you like. That's what I like. You can also do it with big game as well. I'm not judging. <laughs> big game? Big game. game. Like, like, like donkey a... shows. Oh. <laughs> like I'm talking about deers in the wilderness. Yeah. Right. Uh, so speaking of the wilderness, we're not all lucky enough to grow up right next to a bagel shop, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so uh, in end of 1864, uh, Dan is given a task by Lincoln to make his way to Panama and then south into Colombia for two reasons. The first, uh, advocating for the right of passage for Union troops across the Isthmus of Panama. And the second is the possibility of Colombia being the place that takes all of America's freed slaves when the war is over. Oh. Because we always forget, Lincoln, the great emancipator, his idea was, yeah, we free all the slaves and then we send them somewhere else, right? Like, that's what we're going to do? Right? I'm free. Right? Yeah, he yeah. was racist. I mean, they all were, yeah. Everyone was. Everyone was racist. Back it was like, yeah, free the slaves, no one should be in bondage, but they also shouldn't be here. Yeah, I, you know, let's... Let's keep it white, at least. Yeah. Yeah, what I mean, during that, uh... the construction, that's when they set up, what was it, Liberia? Yeah, that's when Liberia just... was created and all that. Yeah, they just threw a bunch of freed slaves, like, into the jungle, and they're like, I don't know. They dropped them is... off at a I've beach in Africa and, like, here, you live here now. This is your country. <laughs> yeah. That's got to suck, man. Yeah. I grew up on a plantation. I don't know any of this. That's... Right? Isn't that like half of them at this time? That's all, all of them. them. They're yeah. all yeah, of them. Fifth generation Americans that yeah. are now being sent to Africa. They are Americans. They get sent like, back yeah. into the slave trade probably somewhere else. Probably. Well, no. The slave, the slave trade is like done at this point. Yeah, well, the slave trade, I think, still Atlantic existed, what, in, like, South America, but not in North no, America. No, not South America. Out, most of South America outlawed slavery in the 1850s. Oh, uh, okay. So, and actually, Colombia was, like, probably the best idea of where to send them because... It was a really progressive country at the time. Um, like, they didn't have, like, much racism or racial inequality. Okay. Uh, because of, like, you know, the whole overthrowing the Spanish thing. So it could have been good. It could have been good, but they, they never came to anything just like all these plans. You know why? It's better than, was, none better of these than plans dumping are them in the jungle in Africa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, the, the African move is definitely the worst because I know, like... Not a lot of people like talking about this, but, like, the slave trade is black people selling yeah. other black people... To white to, to white people, and then when they come back, it's those same black people, those same tribes, that hated those other tribes that yeah. they sent over. So you're se you're sending them to war. Yeah, it's yeah not a. There's good a reason Liberia is a failed state right now. Yeah, it's it's a terrible thing. So Dan uses this time in Central America to not really do any of those objectives, but really just kind of fucking hang out. Uh, he loves it there. He likes going on the adventure. He's he, he's you know he's canoeing in one leg. He's riding donkeys <laughs> up the Andes. He loves it. Uh, he's probably banging a lot of broads too. You guys hear about stub. this shit called cocaine? I'm gonna send some of it back to you. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> you know uh, what? I've done enough cocaine. I, I I'm having such a great time down here in Colombia. I'd like you to take off my other leg. <laughs> Fuck Lieutenant Tan. I'm General take Tan. Take it off. <laughs> The tan diet. <laughs> so uh, Dan also uses this time in Colombia to acquire a large group of exotic animals to bring back to the Central Park Zoo. Because Central Park was had been made by this point. Dan continued to take credit for it, even though it's unclear if he actually did anything. At this he point. tried. We have he, on paper we have it on paper that he tried. Okay. 
And he was now helping out the zoo by bringing them like a cheetah, um, some other South. Uh, the he brought a leopard back, oh, some exotic birds, just like a whole menagerie. Dan, this is See, uh, I- this is squirrel. We have squirrels there. Yeah, we don't uh, need no squirrel. Yeah, we know nah, what a, we know what a horse one. is. You know, but these squirrels are from down a. And it's like, damn, that's, yeah, that's yeah. just a prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the nuts on the squirrel. I'm just picturing him huge. like showing up with a jar full of ants. He's like, check this out, dude. We have they have ants down there. Yeah, and then he's got like some bees in a net. <laughs> However, in the net, they've got horchatas down there. <laughs> uh, because of Dan's ex- uh, South American excursion, he missed the climactic moments of the Civil War. He was away when Lincoln was assassinated and when Lee surrendered at Appomattox. Uh, didn't receive word about either until months after the fact. Damn. And he was, you know, obviously heartbroken about uh, Lincoln's death. They'd grown quite close. He right. Actually, he was thinking of his friend Mary Todd and how much grief she must be going through. Oh, God. She's such an ugly crier. Oh, I gotta see she Mary must Todd. have been a real ugly crier. Mary, She's not like, a pretty lady. No. God, I hate but, like, ugly criers. Screaming wailing really type neck. of a crier. Yeah, they like the remark about that in all of her. Like she again lived one of the most depressing lives she could lead. Oh baby, <laughs> Mike's yeah. t- Mike wants that armpit. Well, I mean, it was Lincoln. very it was very rude of her after her husband was shot to go shh, trying to watch shh, the play. It's yeah. ongoing. Shut did up. That? Oh, so actually, that's what uh, she did. Yeah, on paper. <laughs> She looks like a Russian nesting doll. She looks like, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Uh, but people actually mentioned that if Dan wasn't in South America, it's more likely than not that he would have been in the uh, theater with them. I believe it. He probably would have been sitting in the booth. So he, maybe Dan would have stopped him. He's mm-hmm. like, I yeah. know what it's like to gun down an unarmed man in Washington, D.C. Yeah. I, I can sense it happening. I can smell it. Yeah, he was nothing but a filthy actor. I've dealt with him before. So he gets back just after the war, uh, but he still has some pull with the new Andrew Johnson administration, and he is appointed as the military governor of South Carolina. That's far. So how was was he with Andrew Johnson? I mean, Andrew Johnson is, I think, our second biggest piece of shit president. Yeah, so Dan got on with him well uh, because... When he was doing that tour of the occupied Union territory for Lincoln, Andrew Johnson was the military governor, of, or maybe just regular governor of Tennessee. Okay. So they had met and like had a relationship already. All right, cool. So they kind of got on well. So yeah, this like, is you like whores? Like I like whores. Yeah, this is four straight presidents <laughs> that Dan has a close personal relationship with. It's going to be five when Grant takes over from Johnson. Danny boy. Yeah. Regular old well-connected guy. Uh, so Dan, as military governor, works to promote the rights of the freed slaves um, and does not suffer the protests of any of the angry rebels. He basically leads with the f- fire and brimstone of South- to put South Carolina in its place. He's intervening directly in judicial proceedings. He's always promoting the interests of the freedmen and sympathetic whites and the carpetbaggers who had come down. Uh, in 1866, this command is extended to what is called the Second Military Department, because all all this time the Union Army is occupying the South. It's a yeah. huge occupation. Okay. And Dan, and this includes North Carolina. So now he is basically the de facto dictator of North and South Carolina. He's hunting down groups that are like precursors to the KKK, and just you know enjoying his time, fucking with like the rebels. Right, he's like a real right. activist. Oh yeah. He's yeah, like, like really gone full swing to like fuck the South. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you think that he day? was finding like uh, other one-legged uh, veterans and just giving them like from the South 
uh, like Confederates and giving them swirlies and shit? <laughs> Probably. I wouldn't put it past him. Just like knock tipping uh, them over with his uh, his crutches. Because even yeah, though he like- <laughs> he got fitted for a prosthetic, which we mentioned before when he was living in New York, but like Teresa was still north and he was downtown. One of the excuses he used for why it was happening was he wanted to live next to the prosthetic leg factory. <laughs> For, so that the fittings would be easier, but he like never wore his prosthetic leg. He liked doing the crutches instead. Yeah, I mean, pr- pretty pretty mobile. I and mean, back then, the technology for prosthetics it was be, like a wooden peg. It's, it's a novelty. It's not gonna be worth. Yeah, Teresa, you would not understand. There are one hundred and fifty prosthetics I can collect, and I keep them all in these cylinders, and uh, I can release them, and I can fight with the Confederate men that have their other one hundred and fifty different types <laughs> of prosthetics. So, speaking of <laughs> Teresa, <laughs> in January of 1867, her health takes a precipitous decline. She'd been battling tuberculosis for some four or th- five years at this point. She's probably lumpy as shit. Dan r- is rushing home to see her one last time. They hadn't seen each other in a long while, um, but she passes away before he can make it. She I- dies at 31. Damn. Tuberculosis. She had it at 25 then or 26? Yeah, she probably got it like when she was 26 or something. That they, sucks. Yeah. She got it when she was still hot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, I gotta she fuck died you one more time. So hot. Well, she died lumpy. No, to bring it to like you get gaunt and skinny. Oh, I thought you But got... then right at the end, then blood just like falls out of your mouth. Constantly. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's, you yeah. know. I gotta fuck you one more last time before you yeah. die. Come back, please. So uh, Dan was crushed the news. It. It's uh, He's reported as like weeping constantly throughout the funeral and all the processions of that and after the funeral he finally is like i guess i got a bond with this kid that i got and he brings laura to charleston uh laura is like geez how old is she at this point like 15 maybe um so he's she's in charleston he's still doing his thing and it's around this time that president johnson as travis mentioned our maybe our second worst president ever becomes our second worst president ever because he doesn't know how to do reconstruction and he dismisses Dan in August of 1867. Bad move. Get out of here. Anytime like, you get like, rid of Dan, bad move. Yeah, yeah. he's like, you're simultaneously not doing enough and doing too much. So get the fuck out of here. Shit. Yeah. And Dan would, like, campaign for his uh, impeachment. He was pro-impeachment of Johnson. He wanted him to go down. Didn't happen, though. Dan just wanted to keep hanging out in Myrtle Beach. That's yeah. what I'm saying. They got fucking a pet. You can pet tigers and shit. And you can eat alligator fritters. It's cool. You can yeah. fucking swim with a dolphin or some shit, probably. Yeah, dude. Mike, I want to pay for you to swim with a dolphin. You you want me to get raped? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That, That's what I meant. That you want is me to get raped in the ocean? By a dolphin? By a dolphin, yeah. Yeah, by those big tunas. Right, I'll do it. He's in. I wear a wetsuit. <laughs> yeah, but, but no, part right of me yeah. paying for it is that that wetsuit's going to have a little opening. A flap in the like back. Like assless yeah. chap wetsuit. A little flap. <laughs> like a Santa Claus outfit. Yeah. <laughs> can't do the dolphin sound, but just, just like edit as all dolphin sound. I'm editing this one. Insert dolphin sound. <laughs> Tom. I just put that in there. <laughs> it's like you were Tom. After this, Ulysses Grant elected president in 1868. He and Dan, good friends. He offers Dan the post of minister to Mexico. Dan says, no thanks. And so he goes, all right, how about minister to Spain? Dan's like, fuck yeah, let's go to Spain. Because I want to buy Cuba. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. So now Dan's like, I can go straight to the people who own it and say that we should buy Cuba. It's never going to happen, though. 
But while in Spain, he takes a trip to Paris and he meets the recently deposed Queen Isabella II of Spain. She, uh, at this point, she had just been overthrown, so Dan was talking to the Republic, but he goes to Paris, meets the former queen, and they quickly start having an affair. That's far. Damn. Yeah. Damn, Dan. He's still laying pipe, missing a pipe? Missing a pipe, laying pipe. There's also, I skipped over a few of the affairs he had in South Carolina with uh, local southern gentlewomen. Uh, but they were Southern bales? Yeah, it's, there's one that he probably had a kid with that died... The, the, the child probably died in childbirth, but uh, yeah. Well, this bitter earth. Yeah. So Dan went from bringing what? prostitutes to a queen of Europe yeah. to now banging queens of Europe. How'd you get that stub? <laughs> I fucked my I'm just going back off. to these southern bells that he banged. be like, well, I do say... Do what I do say, Dan. That is most charming. You've killed my uncle and my brother and my three sisters. Even though I don't even fight on the battlefield. <laughs> That's charming. Do you think my mouth will fit on the stub? Welcome to West Virginia. Would you like our choice pick of Oxycontin? Yes. Come straight off the trees. Uh, so Dan and Isabella didn't really hide this affair at all. Uh, everyone in the press knew about it. And in America, they referred to Dan as the Yankee King of Spain. And they did the same in all the European newspapers as well. That's Damn. great. Yankee King of Spain. Dan Sickles. Are, y- are you telling me that Dan Sickles started Yankee Candle? Oh, my God. Imagine. Well, we were just talking about smells, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah right? Maybe. Dan's like, I've seen fucking smells. Let me tell you about smells. Oh, I've seen I can make any smells. smell you want. <laughs> I've walking seen bar. some fucking smells. Yeah, you're all talking about smells? Well, I'll tell you about smells. I've seen some fucking smells in my time. <laughs> smell my own bones melting from the inside of my body. You ever smelled your own leg outside your body? <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, at the end, Yankee Candle. Yeah. Dun, 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 we dun, smell dun, bones from inside the body. Amputated leg scent. <laughs> they changed their slogan a long time ago to white people are fine. White people <laughs> candles, come on down, Yankee Candle, have some fun. Yankee so, Candle, this is a white person hobby sometimes. <laughs> Yankee Candle, the most racist candle there is. It is an embarrassment being, that's the most embarrassing part about being white. The amount of wa- the Yankee, Yankee candles. candles that I just trip over. Yeah. The yeah. Of, yeah. They just appear in your home. Yeah, like, God, stop it. Stop. Well, it's impossible to avoid Bed Bath and Beyond. I'll say that it just like sucks you in. That Beyond part's the vortex that sucks you in the front doors. <laughs> yeah. There's no handles. You just walk right. You just sucks you right in. You won't even know you're there. All of a sudden, you can't read the signs. Like you're having a stroke. Like, you're yeah, in Beyond. Like, yeah, you're like Beyond. Yeah. Where is that? Oh, you're like what? You just stop there for right. 45 minutes. You're like, wow, these flying monkey ice cube trays. I never knew I needed these. I spent but $25 I, on a beyond candle what yesterday. I know. Is that fucked up? <laughs> really fucked up. Is that fucking sad of me? Get yeah. the plugins. They're cheaper and they last longer. Dude, my room smells like fucking bo, like sweat. Clean it then. Yeah, it's my clothes. Like it's my laundry. Wash them. It's not like high enough yet. The pile. This is a problem with your generation. You're you're eating the Tide Pods instead yeah. of doing the right thing. <laughs> like, I don't even put pod. Tide Pods in there. I just let that shit water rinse it. Mike gurgles. That- a, Mike gurgles a Tide Pod and then spits it in the laundry. <laughs> right, mushes it in, it in there with his feet. Yeah, so I like to suck on them slow, like ice, like <laughs> ice pop. Like the sexy tie Tom, Sex they've moved on past tie pods. It's just fentanyl pods now. Fentanyl oh. pods. All right, back to Dan. Please, Danny Thank boy. You, so, despite his ongoing affair with the deposed Queen of Spain, Dan is also courting the young Caroline de Craig. I don't know how to pronounce it because like, she's Irish Spanish. 
adopted daughter of a knight. That's got to be a heinous accent. And he's got <laughs> know, right? no no STDs. This guy no no STDs. That's yet, a fucking lie. that we know of. I don't I don't. They never mentioned STDs once. Motherfucker's dick pilot. Except like, for the fact that Fanny got it eventually. Everyone had chlamydia at this time. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but he never got syphilis. Cause so that's a win for Dan. Yeah. Then Jo. Um, so he's courting this woman, um, younger than him, but not quite as young as Teresa. Uh, the two were married in 1871. Laura, Dan's daughter with Teresa, approved of the marriage and got along well with Caroline. Was she older? Laura? Yeah, she older than the girl he's marrying? No. Oh, that's okay. a good question. Laura is like uh, yeah. 16, maybe. Okay. Um, and I think 17? Caroline was like in her mid to late 20s. Oh, was Dan okay. like a dick to his daughter when she was like, oh, I approve. It's just like, that's great. And if you didn't, it wouldn't fucking matter. Well, we don't <laughs> really know, but we do know that their relationship fractures right after this. Oh, okay. And we don't know why. It's never made clear. But I can wonder why. Basically, uh, he stops. Oh, and he's still banging everyone yeah, while he's this- in, you know, it's because it's Dan Sickles. Wait, did the relation frac? Did this woman? I mean, she's in her late twenties, so I'm assuming she has kids because this is nope, a long no kids. Time ago. But no her kids. And Dan uh, will have a daughter named Ada and a son George. Georgie and Laura uh, gets along real well with her siblings, her half siblings. But right. uh, this, but fucking hates her dad. Okay. Well, this is this is a long time ago, and things were a little bit weirder. And the porn was all about half brothers and sisters, not yeah. step. Yeah, not step brothers and sisters. Right. right. Yeah. You know, I learned something this week too. Some What'd guy you- uh, told me uh, if you have a daughter first, that means you're a sinner. Who said that? Was this guy uh, Muslim <laughs> or Japanese or something? What was he? What religion, Mike? Who's I talking to about this? <laughs> was his name Ahmet or something? <laughs> oh, we were talking. Yeah. I was talking to this kid I work with, and we were talking about. Uh, like how we don't have kids, because like I could never deal with having a daughter. Okay. And he's like, "Yeah, if you have a daughter, that means you're a sinner." And he he managed to get this out to you like between taking gulps out of the ketchup packets. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, well, that makes sense. I ain't having kids. <laughs> Sorry, Connor. I don't know why I had to bring that up, but yeah, I don't know either. Yeah, you guys just call him by his nickname, <laughs> ISIS K. If, you're, if, you, if you have a daughter first, that means you're All right. a sinner. We, we get it, Mike. <laughs> Which ain't a bad thing. I mean, everyone sins it once in a while. So Dan, who is a sinner and had a daughter first. Sins. Um, during this time, uh, he'd been keeping a close eye on his business dealings, and he and his young new wife visit New York, and Dan pulls off a huge business coup uh, that involves the Erie Railroad. Uh, I don't want to get into the details of it, but basically it ends with Dan fabulously wealthy, Finally securing like a, some good financial security. Got that bag. Yeah, he nice. got the bag. He won at Monopoly. Yeah, so he goes back to Spain, um, and they don't make any progress towards Cuba. So in 1874, he leaves Spain for Paris, uh, where he and Caroline and their two children and Laura all kind of settle in. This is when the relationship with Laura just completely breaks. And again, we do not know why. But later on... Um, Dan's dad, who would continue to support Laura for a while, would write to Dan and be like, you should reconnect with your daughter. And Dan would write back being like, I've already told you, it's not fucking happening. Never bring it up again. She's dead. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What did she do? There's a idea that she just like, I mean, obviously she resented him because he was absent her whole life and drove her mother basically to an early death in her mind. Right. 
And uh, the rumor is that she threatened to expose all of Dan's mister, uh, misdeeds to his new wife. Oh, that's rude. Yeah. Um, and then also there's like this uh, whole other thing where she might have had an affair with a Spanish officer that Dan didn't approve of. She, she just kept flushing the fucking tampons down the toilet. <laughs> yeah. No matter what he said, and he just had to get the cesspool cleaned too many times. Just like, fuck you, bitch. I told you. Yeah. I told you, just throw him out. <laughs> well, it's natural. We have We're- Spanish plumbing here. It can't handle your flushable <laughs> tampons. Yeah. Really, this is Madrid. It's... It was built 700 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it can't handle your 20th century needs. <laughs> Quit flushing rags. <laughs> Laura! You leave it those logs in the there. Package, non flushable wipes. I want to see what you've done. Uh, really, though, it's because Dan was terrible with family stuff because in 1879 he ditches all. All four of them and goes back to New York. Yeah, yeah boy! Yeah, Little champion! He was probably wearing pit vipers when he did that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to that. <laughs> Laura, pit viper, young. Laura independently also returns home to New York, but as we said, they're completely estranged. They have no relationship for here on out. Okay. So it's the 1880s. Dan's getting up there in age, but he's still part of the social scene of the New York elite. He's attending opera with the Vanderbilts. He's hanging out with many World uh, Civil War veterans, going to Gettysburg reunions. And on one occasion at uh, the opera, he crosses paths with Robert Key, Barton Key's oh. son. Oh, damn. That boy you had? I know I made it all dramatic, but nothing really happened. Apparently, they just locked eyes. Shook hands. And then moved on. Oh, yeah, okay. he, he was like, uh, "You want to see a cool trick?" And he just like pulls out, pulls off his prosthetic, and he's like, "Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle, wiggle," and he just shows off. He's like, "This is the gun I used to murder your father, you yeah. fucking piece of shit." <laughs> your father was One a of the bitch four guns. Threw opera glasses. Imagine at me, just like a six, a, like six-year-old man yelling at you, like, "I killed your dad, you son of a bitch," and I got away with it too. Your granddad writes bad songs. <laughs> <laughs> A few times during the book, they mention that like the Star Spangled Banner plays, and Dan like does not care at all. <laughs> does not phase him one bit. This song sucks. Yeah, overrated. But, like, so they play indie. it to like celebrate Dan. They're like, ah, strike up the national anthem for our hero, Dan Sickles, and it's like the guy who murdered the son of this. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. This song is bittersweet. Uh, so Dan's father passed away around this time. Uh, like I said before, one of his strongest friendships and relationships of his life. And not too long after that, so does his daughter, Laura, of debilitating alcoholism. Oh, wow. Well, she really hated her dad. Yeah. Dan does not attend the funeral. Wow. As I said, he had already sent a letter to his own father saying, Laura is as good as dead and buried. Damn. Whoa. Oh, yeah. uh, so you're telling me that you used some big words there. You're telling me she died of fun? Yeah, she died of having she well, it's actually she died a very twenty twenty or twenty first century death. She's a failing artist in Brooklyn that drank herself to death. Oh, she was twenty seven. Oh, yeah, that makes oh, sense. having with rich parents with rich parents right. that are estranged. God, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. While Basically her grand, girls, while her grandfather sends her money to support her habits. Oh, wow, she was really way is. ahead of the time. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> wow. And yeah. she's probably living in Williamsburg because that's pretty much all there was of Brooklyn. So yeah, that's it. It's great. It's wow. great. Shout out I, to didn't, FIT. I didn't realize that. That's just a great, great point. <laughs> really living the life of a 21st century. She I'm died, getting a major she in Scientology. Scientology is my major. Yeah. <laughs> 
She died okay. while listening to her favorite Crystal Castle song. <laughs> <laughs> I like Crystal Castle. Who doesn't? Well, I like that one song, man. No, it's it's okay. It's I'm fun. very Last active one. in like the disabled veteran community because my dad, my dad doesn't have a leg. He Even though I fucking he doesn't talk to me, but him. it affects me. Yeah, yeah. It so, affects uh, me a lot. Dan's uh, still getting up there in age, but still full of energy, still banging everybody. Uh, he's got you know we got plenty of letters from his lovers that survived till now. Uh, in the 18, uh, late 1880s, he's appointed the chairman of the New York State Monuments Commission and is instrumental in creating monuments to all the brigades uh, that uh, the new all the New York brigades that fought at Gettysburg. Make Grant's tomb? Did he make that? No, uh, that Grant's tomb is in New York. Is that in New York right now? Did you say it was New York? Well, he's in New York, but he's making monuments in Gettysburg. Oh, uh, for New Yorkers. Gotcha. Pretty sober. Fun enough. fact: my uncle, who's a big. Big, was a big Civil War buff. He passed away. We spread his ashes by the New York State uh, Monument in Gettysburg. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, now, in 1891, while dedicating a monument there, he gives an impassioned speech in favor of creating a national monument of the battlefield. That same day, he's awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor for his role during the second day of Gettysburg. Wow. It's so Sheesh. great that he shares uh, the same honor as one of our past roasts. Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> Wait, Rush Limbaugh has won a Congressional Medal of Honor? Yeah. Yeah. For what war? Yeah, that's pretty weird. Oh, no, the pre- Presidential Medal of Honor. Yo, oh, yeah, no, the yeah. Presidential Medal of Freedom. No, the Medal, Medal of Honor is like... Medal of the, Medal war, of the war against liberals. The, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, one no, that's yeah, still yeah, waging. I, mix, I mix it up. <laughs> I, been... just, I always think of him as a hardened veteran against right. fucking degenerates. Uh, yeah, so Dan... and hearing. <laughs> <laughs> Dan would make this cause uh, a big part of his congressional campaign in 1892. At the age of 75, he's re-elected to Congress, and he doesn't really do much uh, in Congress as he did before. He's much more just kind of a quiet guy that sits there, but he does help uh, create the Gettysburg National Military Park. Sheesh. In fact, his uh, original map that he had drawn to designate like the boundaries of it was used up until 1973 when it was then expanded. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Um, despite all this, he's one of the only generals on either side of the battle that does not have his own monument at the site. You know, if you go to Gettysburg, you'll see all along the road, you'll see like horses. It's actually a cool thing. It's like if a monument, uh, is on a horse and a certain number of hooves are off the ground, that means they were killed in action. If it's a different number, it's killed in action at a different battle. And then if they're all on the ground, that means they survived the war. Oh, no shit. Yeah. No, no, I don't know if that's either. exactly how it is, but the, it's like a certain thing with like... There's a code there. There's a code to it, yeah. I was going to ask, uh, you, you kind of answered the question, uh, uh, Connor, but has anyone else been to Gettysburg? No, I've never been there. I, I haven't. I'm, I have, have no you plans on going, actually, because then I'll start weeping, because I'm very emotional. Mm-hmm. Where is it again? Pennsylvania? Yeah. yeah. I have, have not. Shots? I have not. I have a I, very weak bladder, as we know from the show, and I'm afraid if I start walking the grounds, I'm gonna desecrate. I highly recommend going. Uh, it's a easy, It's just a really cool place to go. I will go. Yeah. Yeah. I want. I want to make it there, though. I'm gonna go and metal detect there. <laughs> Let's go. So, do it. Uh, when Dan was asked why he did not have his own monument at the battlefield, he responded, "Quote." The entire battlefield is a memorial to Dan Sickles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, brother! Yeah. Jumps in the air, one-legged, right. freeze frame. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he runs for re-election in 1894 and loses, uh, so he heads back to New York. Now, despite being a distant father to Laura, he had kept in touch with Ada and George, 
And Ada comes to visit New York and Washington uh, when she uh, was 22 with her new husband. This is what the uh, Spanish broad, those kids? Yeah. And these kids are like cosmopolitans of Europe, like hyper elite. They speak five languages. They're super wealthy. That's awesome. Yeah. They're probably going to marry like, like a Rothschild right? or something. She had married like a British cavalry officer, uh, I think. Okay. Okay. Um, however, he had, and despite having a great time with Ada and her husband, he didn't try to see his wife or son for another 12 years, showing that he didn't really <laughs> go out of his way to do this. He doesn't care. No. The man doesn't care. That's why he's such a hero. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you can't bang your own kids. That's fucked. Well, yeah. why would I want to <laughs> hang out with them? Well, I already sit- banged my wife. What else is there to do? <laughs> yeah. Absence makes the heart grow fonder is what they say not for dan sickles yeah he's just well, 12 years that's a long time uh, i miss you dad hello absence period that's yeah. what absence. he's doing it makes the heart grow fonder <laughs> absence period absence period it's, it's what's for dinner lunch is canceled everyone <laughs> do a lack of hustle so uh dan continued to attend a lot of gettysburg memorial uh reunions in fact he had quite the friendship with his opposite that day james longstreet Oh. They had a lifelong friendship afterwards. Well, uh, I always think that that's uh, it's very touching, almost. Yeah. Like, it's like a, it's like a like reconciliation. You see, like those World War Two. I mean, because obviously we've never, you know, the uh, Civil War is way more detached than something World War Two. I mean, we're we just barely remember a lot of these. A lot of these veterans are dying from World War Two. There's maybe a handful left, but you see these veterans like a Nazi guy. And then, like, some fucking American paratrooper, and they're like, that was dumb what we did. We're cool, though. We can talk about it. Yeah. Well, you know, when it comes down to it, you're not Jewish, so I could (laughs) see myself having a blossoming friendship with you. (laughs) No, but I always think that that's weird. It's like, it, it almost just is like, why do these people fight to begin with? It's sad. War's kind of dumb, but, uh, you know, so are people. Yeah. We're going to keep doing it. People who say war, you know, peace on earth and all that crap, they have no idea of the human condition. That's true. We're designed to fight each other. Mm -hmm. It's it's unfortunate, but it's true. I mean, look at my physique. I'm a fighting machine. You are a fighting machine. I'm a murder. You are a cannonball of flesh. (laughs) So, Dan, still living in New York, still hanging out. Sexual appetite, strong as ever. Wow. Even as he advances into his 70s and 80s. At uh, this time, he begins a personal friendship with another uh, outstanding American figure, Mark Twain, who Damn. was living in New York at the time across the street from Dan. Oh, also drunk corn dog. fucking knows everybody. Yeah. The so good. Twain uh, lived across the street from him and liked hanging out. He basically described Dan's house as a menagerie, and he didn't seem to like enjoyed dan as a person but more just liked observing and thought he was just a fascinating dude right uh character study yeah character study he called him quote sweetly and winningly childlike and remarked that uh because dan was always boasting about himself that quote the general valued his lost leg away above the one that it left (laughs) basically (laughs) saying like dan was happier to have lost a leg than to not go unmaimed through the world likes a good tale likes a good tale yeah uh, so we're getting to the end here. At 88, his wife and son come to visit. That's the first of that. That was the 12 years had gone up, so now they're, now they're coming to visit him. Time to see Dad. Um, 12-year uh, gap. 12-year reunion, yeah. yeah. Uh, but absence. absence. his wife, Caroline, does not stay with him because <laughs> Dan refused to dismiss his live-in housekeeper slash nurse slash girlfriend. 
who was 40 I like that. at the time. Principles. So well, his wife had to stay at a nearby hotel during the entirety of her visit. <laughs> well, honey, the age should fit at least six baby bell cheeses inside of her, and we've all tested it with four for you, so. Yeah. Uh, a few years after this, in 1912, it was discovered that there were some $28,000 missing from the account of the New York State Memorial Fund that Dan had embezzled. Oh, you're going to die. You might as well. Yeah. yeah. He's smart. Just embezzled a cool tw- uh, 30 grand from Guess the what? Monuments Commission. America embezzled his leg fighting yeah. for the freedom. What? what? Mm-hmm. Fucking freedom. Uh, so an arrest warrant was drawn up for the 93-year-old Sickles, but no one had the heart to actually do it. At one point, they finally were like, all right, we have to do something. So they went to his house, put him in cuffs, took the cuffs off, and said, you're on house arrest. <laughs> Great. Yeah. However, our boy Dan couldn't go on living and fucking for his whole, the whole, all of eternity. And in April of 1914, Dan suffers a cerebral hemorrhage and he dies two weeks later on May 3rd. Sheesh. He had left all of his worldly possessions uh, to his grandchildren, so Ada and George's chit kids. And Dan was laid to rest in Arlington National Cemetery, where he was given a full military funeral. Sheesh. And you can go visit his grave today. Hell yeah. And that is Danny Sickles. It's a good one. I like Danny. Connor, that was great. That was a what great a life. boy. Yeah. So what do you think? Should he take he should he uh, be on the twenty? Uh I say so he fucks whores all the time. Maybe the twenty seven twenty five, you know. Twenty seven twenty seven dollars and twenty five cents. <laughs> That's a good one. The bill. Yeah. Honestly, I think uh Ronald McDonald could probably would be a better symbol than Andrew Fuck Jackson. You. But yeah, I think we need to get rid of Ben Franklin. I don't, I don't What did he do? Yeah, he wasn't discovered electricity. Yeah, he invented the electricity. Oh, I forgot he invented it. Yeah, he invented lightning. Yeah. He, got, he discovered he a key up into the sky and lightning started. Yeah, he built a giant ladder that was shaped like a key and strangled a cloud <laughs> until it spat out its sweet juice. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, I'm thinking he needs to go on the 420 bill. Dan Something Sickles. fun. Yeah. Dan Sickles. Uh, Mike, you got any final thoughts on this guy? You're really tired. I see you again. Well, man. Mike's Sorry. had a rough day. Yeah. My final thoughts on Dan? Uh, loyalty. That's all I'll say. Okay. Uh, Learn right. to be loyal, Dan. Learn to be Learn loyal. To be loyal, Dan. There you go. Uh, keep your fucking anaconda snake to yourself. Okay. And not stop dilling kids. I don't know if you've been he paying didn't attention. Diddle he any was dilling kids. kids, right? He was, he was banging a fifteen-year-old. Well, that's not cool. That's time accurate. That was last episode. Why yeah. are you focused yeah. on yeah. that? Yeah. He's grown I up just, since. He's then. grown up now. He's banging thirty-year-olds when he's seventy. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I wish I could do that. Yeah. I hope, I get, I, hope I get to do that when I'm seventy, bang thirty-year-olds. Just cut off a leg. With, yeah. Cut off a leg. Yeah. You know what? He's a savage for that. That shit. I would never be able to do that shit. I'd be just fucking kill. <laughs> just fucking kill me. I'm not fucking not chopping this shit off. Well, it's hard to kick flip one legged. I understand. Exactly. Uh look. Thanks for listening, everyone. Connor, excellent thanks, Connor. series you had Thank you. brought us. Thank you. It was, it was fun to learn about Danny Boy. I'm sorry I'm a piece a, of garbage. A lot sorry, of <laughs> met a lot of interesting people and had in, you know, personal relationships with so many huge American figures. It's amazing this guy like goes unnoticed. One of yeah, my really. favorite roasts we've done so far, I will say that. Good oh, job, Connor. Thank you. 
Yes, Appreciate and it. if you think this is a uh, a great episode, go to our patreon.com slash roastmortemcast and give us your money and, that, and, and vote with your wallet. Yeah. Because yeah. now it's a competition. We're now going for the best scripts here. Because yeah. now we're cooking with gas. Obviously, yeah. it's me. Okay. Obviously, Mike's got a bit of a leg up on us with all his <laughs> I plug library my own science Patreon. degree and all that stuff. Go to patreon.com and give Mike money. Please. Uh, social medias, Google that shit. Travis, I miss anything else? Uh, make sure you don't lose a leg, dog. Or That's lose right. it and then still fuck. Oh, yeah. never do anything nice for anyone. Bingo. There you go. There you the go. Mike's rule. words of wisdom. Can we close with Mike you. words of wisdom every episode now? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Never be nice to anyone. That's the official statement. Um, don't send anyone stuff unless they pay you first. Yeah, fuck that yes. guy. Yeah, fuck that dude. Fuck that dude. And you know what? If anyone ever double crosses me, <laughs> you're done. You heard you're it done. here first. And uh, that's it. That's the last word. Thank you, Shane, for listening. Thank you, Shane. Bye. Give us a lot of money, please. I cannot work anymore. I cannot I cannot bear the suffering of getting up and just thinking about going to work. And then you're just there for fucking ever. And then you get one shitty break. You get a shitty 30-minute break. I don't even get to eat my food. By the time I get it, it's been 17 fucking minutes. I gotta fucking rush to eat my food. I gotta rush to eat my food. I can't even beat off in the bathroom in time. I got this little kid at work that's like fucking asking me a million questions and I can't be beaten off when this kid's asking me questions. 